Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hey, this is a national treasure, and the real world's champion, Nick Aldis, and just when you thought, that every possible wrestling podcast name in the world was taken. Nate comes in with a clinch with the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Based on Nate's unbelievable level of praise for me, I would go ahead and say that Nate sounds like a knowledgeable, smart, trustworthy human being and his expertise should be lauded and appreciated by all of the listeners of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. You're listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Now it's time for our host, Nate Wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson here with you. Hello, all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, Aaron is there. There he is. And we are also joined, of course, by Kyle Army. Mr. Army, how are you? You know, Aaron, you might be careful because she seems like the kind of woman that's going to sue us. She's a piece of shit. <laughs> Allegedly. Fuck Carol Baskin. piece of shit. And you heard there in the background, Mr. Archie Mitchell is here with us as well. Archie, welcome to another edition of the show. Thank you for having me as always, and I agree with Kyle. Fuck Carol, Carol Baskin. <laughs> I'm never going to financially uh, recover from this. I'm never going to financially oh. recover from my son being home all the time right now, because that kid eats like a fucking horse. Holy shit, we got a fucking tweet from Toots. Already? Damn. Yeah, and I think this this might be, I think this might be because Archie's with us. It says, in my day, dealing with customs was a completely different thing. (laughs) That's, that's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) On on this week's show, we are going to do some round table here. Each of us have come up with five questions for the other hosts, and we're going to round table that. I'll do one, somebody else will do one, somebody else will do one. We're going to answer each other's questions. It's going to be fun. We've done it before here on the show, and I really enjoyed that. And um, we'll also announce, after our first break, the winner of the latest drawing that I did for uh, those of you that helped to invite members to the We Can't Wrestle Facebook group. Did a drawing. The win. The one. What? Did I win? No. Um, Don't worry, it's not Carol ba- or Carol Baskin. Yeah, she didn't win shit. No. But before that, Archie. Yes. We 
we just brought up Kyle just brought up customs and uh, you you my friend have a new group on Facebook that people need to yes. get, get on and I you know yes, I, put, I put it up in our group uh, earlier in the week but if you want to go ahead and I talk about that, that absolutely the, I appreciate the shout out Nate um, the new group was brought to my attention about three weeks ago uh, my friends Rocky Turner who you know very well from the nerd closet. Mm-hmm. And um, Nick Lowell and uh, Bobby Anders uh, made a new group called the World Championship Customs. Uh, and they asked me if I wanted to be an admin on it. And um, at first I was a little hesitant because um, my former employers um, really didn't like uh, the idea of you admining in another group that had to do with like wrestling figures or anything other wrestling. But I asked permission because I'm a... I'm a decent worker, you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a guy who likes to go with the team. And um, I was given the okay. And for the last three weeks, we've been continuing to build the community. It is World Championship Customs. Uh, and we it's not just wrestling customs, actually. As you know, with Rocky Turner with the Nerd Closet, he's into every kind of uh, toy imaginable. So sports memorabilia toys... Um, you know, if you make custom rings or custom accessories for other kind of figures, pretty much anything that you can imagine and you can make, we welcome it aboard. And it's been a blast. And, uh, and oh, go ahead, Aaron. I know. Okay. Oh, no, uh, what I was going to say was I, I'm a part of the group, and it was, it's been pretty cool to watch to see, like, everyone's not only everyone's customs, but, like, I've seen a lot of, like, stuff on sale up there so if you're looking for that you know that certain action figure or something check it out because you can either buy it from ebay or you don't know if somebody you know what god's name they've been doing with it <laughs> uh or you can you know, possibly find it there where you know you know it's coming from a collector somebody's you know treats it with I, respect and i agree and, uh, and my tagline our- actually has been lately uh, yes, I can make it because it doesn't matter what it is. I'm willing to try and make it for you. And if you don't like it, then you don't got to pay. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> and if Archie is a part of it, you know it's reputable. So <laughs> go join the group right now. Also, if you have not, if you're a listener of the show that hasn't joined the We Can't Wrestle Facebook group, join that group. Um, yes, exactly. What the fuck are you waiting for? And also. Right. This. Also, of, of course, join the Asylum, um, another great group for collectors. Um, so that being said, we got our shameless plugs out of the way. We'll start the show. Um, who wants to ask the first question? I'll let somebody else ask the first question. You know what? I'll ask the first question. All right, Kyle, get it out there. Let, <clears throat> let's do this. All right. So there's been a lot of people who've talked over the years about how WCW screwed up Bret Hart. So I'm going to ask you guys, how would you book Bret Hart coming into WCW? That's a good one. I like that. Uh, nothing like they did. Um, what, <laughs> what I would have... What I... What I would have done. Short and sweet answers. <laughs> 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 Nothing like they did. My ultimate goal would have been to have Brett come in, begin feuding with the NWO, okay? And tell me what you guys think. But you have, okay, Brett comes in right around Starcade of 97. 
So you have Brett essentially. It's not. It's not necessarily a mirror of Sting because he wouldn't be hiding in the in the shadows or whatever. But kind of like Sting, where he he would kind of work his way through the NWO. And I don't know if you take it all the way to the next year's Starcade or you take it to Bash at the Beach. But you may, essentially you make Hogan kind of go through months and months and months of Brett running the gauntlet through the NWO to get to Hulk Hogan, and then you finally get your Bret Hart Hollywood Hogan match. And I think that would have been money. We should have had it at Halloween Havoc because, like, if you ask Eric Bischoff, that was their best pay-per-view month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either way, like I said, I don't know what the ultimate goal would have been for a pay-per-view, but that would have been my, my, my ideal story for Brett in WCW. I, I don't mind Nate's idea. I think it's a good idea. But the problem I have with it is that, like with Sting, Sting didn't want to go through the gauntlet of the NWO, so he just told J.J. Dillon, you know, I want Hogan. Mm. Or rather, he pointed to a sign because he was a mute back then. <laughs> um, I would have brought, brought in Bret Hart in, similar to Scott Hall, but not with the, hey, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. I would have had him walk through the crowd uh, in his, you know, his leather jacket, jeans, and sunglasses, grab a live mic and just unload on Vince McMahon. You know, say everything and anything he possibly could have. Let him say that Shawn Michaels, which I'm a Shawn Michaels fan, but say that Shawn Michaels is a piece of shit who knew that he was in on the screw job. You know, call Triple H uh, an asshole for doing all of this because it was Triple H that gave the idea, you know, and just unload on WWF. And then the fans probably would have been cheering because they were a WCW fan base. Right. And then have Bischoff or some kind of WCW management walk out, put Brett in handcuffs and take him out of the arena. And then the following night on Thunder or whatever night Thunder was back then, let him come back out and, you know, not apologize, but, you know, tell the fans he's sorry for the way that he acted, but he's pissed off and bitter. And then let him feud with someone who maybe took up for Vince McMahon, like said, Hey Brett, you, you were, you didn't want to do business or something. You know what I mean? To the effect of that he would have had his first feud with somebody, maybe a Diamond Dallas Page or even a a heel or whatnot. It just, Brett never felt like he fit in WCW the way he came in. You know, was he in the NWO? Maybe he wasn't. Was he a good guy at first? It just kind of felt like they were letting him relive the WWF days by beating Mr. Perfect for the U.S. title, which was the way he won the Intercontinental title, by winning the world title in kind of a botchy way by having Roddy Piper ring the bell and screw Goldberg. It just never made sense. So I think if they would have let him just be pissed off and, and say his what he felt, it might have made the fans feel smarter because they knew what was going on and they would have welcomed him more. Mm-hmm. Aaron? You know? Um, I think what Art said needed should have happened. Brett should have been able to come out not a month and a half later after being screwed. Like, he should have been on, if, I forget what actual day, I think it might have been, like, the 17th, or it might have been, like, November 17th that that, that Survivor Series happened. It was, Brett should have been on. It was November, uh, I think it was November 4th. Okay, November 4th. November 5th, Brett should have been on WCW. He should have just been that. I agree. And he should have been like, look, this is what fucking happened. It's bullshit, yada, yada, yada. And then um, maybe even have Hogan come out 
not even have Brett, like Brett shouldn't confront Hogan. Hogan should, should confront Brett and be like, look, you know, I'm the NWO. We're running a rough shot over this. This is my company. Da 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 da. Let that happen, and then Brett go. You know what? And speaking of Vince McMahon, he's the motherfucker that never let me get in the ring with you. Seems who I was better than you. And Vince McMahon's not here to protect your ass anymore either. You know. And now I am here. You don't have anybody watching your ass. Like basically, Brett saying that. Turning into that that note that WWF never wanted Brett to get in the ring with Hogan because they knew that Brett would beat him. It doesn't have to be like like a breaking kayfabe thing or whatever. Use it as like the storyline of saying that you know, kind of like when Rocky was getting gave like the weaker opponents in Rocky Three, and he finally fought Clever Lang. I'm not saying do that with Hogan. I'm just saying that's the type of thing I'd say with it. That the WWF never wanted the Bret Hart Hogan match to happen because Hogan was the cash cow, and now Bret's here. And does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. It would have been perfect, and we would have gotten Bret versus Hogan. Yeah. We never did. Yeah, Ever. well, I think they, I think they they gave it away on a Nitro. But then they didn't even yeah, re- they, did, they didn't even really have a match because I think that's when Brett then stupidly joined the NWO, which never yeah, should have happened. The NWO. That's what. That's yeah, what. It was all to, to trick Sting, and it, it, you know, here's the, the the more stupid problem of it too. Through all of this, you had the NWO Wolfpack and the NWO Hollywood. Now Brett's here, and then all of a sudden, it's now just one NWO again, mm-hmm. which. Where does that leave Brett then? Because Brett didn't join Nash and Macho Man and and and, they, and all the rest of that group, and now they're all one group. And now here's Brett on the outside. But oh wait, years later, here's the NWO 2000, which is all Nash, Brett, and Jared, who Brett said publicly he couldn't stand any of those three men. In interviews, he said Nash and Hall were a part of the clique with Shawn Michaels, and he hated them, and he hated Jeff Jared because he was so cocky. So look who you, look what look at the group you put together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you see, right there, right there, you have the perfect you have the perfect two opponents for Brett coming in WCW, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Right. Be like, you know, like fuck you two. You're his boys. <laughs> you know. And you know what else is dumb? And nobody ever talked about this. Okay. In 1997, other than the NWO, well, I mean, uh, not even other than the NWO. In 1997, okay, there was the NWO, there was DX, there was Nation of Domination, but there was another group. It was actually, in my opinion, better than any of them. Who was it? The Four Horsemen? No, the Heart Foundation. The Heart Foundation, 1997. It's fucking amazing, okay? So now you have, other than Owen, and obviously Pillman, because Pillman had passed away, but other than Owen, nobody talks about Brett and or, or Davey and Nightheart went there too, and they could have had the Heart Foundation on WCW, and if they wanted to add another person to it, it was like there was like custom-made people that could be put into it. Definitely. Like, you could have put... You know, like a Chris Jericho in there if you wanted 
too. He could play the Owen Hart role fairly well, I think. Could have well, put Benoit. Ben, ben, yeah, I was going to say Ben. Benoit. Yeah, Benoit yeah. for sure. Well, Benoit was in the Horseman. So you had to have him turn. But the Horseman fizzled out, though. So there yeah, weren't, really true. wasn't a Horseman anymore. You could have put Benoit in there. Um, obviously, I think honestly, in my opinion, a cooler member of the Heart Found, like to put a guy in the Heart Foundation, who I would have put in there, I would have put Kurt Hennig in it. Not a bad move. Not a bad move. Brett and Kurt could be like Brett could be like, you know what? There's one guy in this company that did get in the ring with me and did give me some of my hardest fought battles, and it was Mister Perfect. It was Kurt Hennig, and he's my boy. Anyway, like like that whole like people talk about how Brett was missing. The whole thing was fucked. And no, they they could have built up some stars too if they didn't want to bring in like you said Henning or Benoit who was already known. They could have brought in a couple of younger guys you know that were just developing in WCW and put them with Brett. You know what I mean? And and use any form of storyline and it would have been something different because it would have been a younger crew versus the NWO who was filled with all these, you know, superstars who were already known. Yeah, know? like every everything involving anything involving the hearts and that clan when they got to WCW was fucking terrible. Nightheart oh, yeah, well, yeah, Night automatically was just put on Saturday night. Bulldog's first feud was with Mongo McMichael. What the fuck? And weren't they both bitched out to Ric Flair? Which again I'm a Ric Flair fan, but they both lost to Ric Flair because they got there before Brett, but they said Brett's coming and Ric Flair was pissed off about it. I, yeah. I remember one of them, one or both of them losing to Ric Flair in, in matches. So, oh, I, I, mean, I, know, I, know, much... I know for a fact Neidhart's first night in WCW, he had a match with Ric Flair and lost. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's they, they, yeah. totally, they totally shit the bed on anything having to do with the hearts. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, it was almost like they've tailored Bret Hart to be a failure in WCW. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yet, here's all this money. It's you also know. it's also the 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 show of anytime Eric Bischoff tries to say, and I like Eric Bischoff. I know that's not a popular thing to say, but I no, like, I like Bischoff too. I hate Vince Russo, but, but I like Bischoff. Yeah, but it's like um, a telltale sign, a telltale sign that. Anytime Eric Bischoff goes to, tries to go, oh, Hulk Hogan didn't have anything to do with anything other than Hulk Hogan and WCW. It's not true. Good, good question, Mister Army. Archie, I'll give Thanks, you, sir. I'll give you the baton next. You go ahead and ask your first question. All right. Uh, let's see which one do I want to ask. Well, I'm going to ask the obvious one first because I think this will be a one that you guys will all chime in on with some decent answers. Why doesn't Vince want to retire yet? Uh, stubbornness and ego. What's keeping him there? I think, I, okay, stubbornness, ego, and something that I have also talked about on the show before. I don't, I don't think that when Vince McMahon is dead, when Vince McMahon is retired, I don't think anybody in his family is going to be owning that company. Vince is going to sell that company to Disney or Fox or somebody else before he leaves. Uh, they he may he may put in a contract with one of those companies that that his family gets to to you know be chairman and run that part of the organization or whatever. But I think Vince sells WWE to a major corporation before he goes away, and I think he's he's, wait, he's waiting until he has that opportunity, and that's when he'll he'll 
dart or he'll die because he's stubborn. <laughs> That's a good point. Kyle? I think it <clears throat> it comes down to a simple fact that I think in Vince McMahon's mind, I think it's a simple fact that he thinks he can't retire. Because I think he thinks be so highly of himself that if he retires, that the company is going to go down the toilet. But it's already there. I mean, forget about the, the empty arenas, because that's because of the, the virus. I understand that. But the, the ratings weren't all that stellar when, when they had packed arenas, and they had to tarp off certain areas of the arena so you didn't see the empty seats. No, right. So See, you're talking about a man that can... Yeah, I mean, the, the end of the day, he's a, he's a businessman, he's a CEO, whatever. He's the chairman. But he's going to spin it every way you can. So if you come at him like, "Well, your your attendance is low," or your <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> your attendance is low, or the ratings weren't good, he'll be like, "Well, the ra- the attendance all around is not good for anything." Because and... it's because we went with that goddamn Daniel Bryan. I told you, yeah, we shouldn't do or. That. If you had just given Batista and Randy Orton a chance, or it would be something as simple as, well, if you look at the YouTube numbers or the network numbers. Look, I'm willing to admit that sometimes the fans steer the WWE in the wrong direction, and then they still get fickle, and they they still bitch. I'm one of them. I bitched about all of WrestleMania, night one and night two. I hated every part of it. But in my opinion... It goes to that Vince has the final call on everything, and then he drops the hammer on, nope, I don't like it, we ain't doing it anymore. So after all those months of building it, we just shit it on, we just shit on it, and that's it. So, Aaron, what about you? What do you think? Um, I think the, the biggest shot for Vince McMahon to not have anything to do with the WWE anymore is apparently done again. From what I've read, the XFL isn't coming back. Yeah, that was bad. And I and I don't even I don't even know if it was bad. I don't watch football, so I never watched the XFL. I have no reason to watch it. But I think that when Hogan start or Hogan, sorry, when McMahon started this Alpha Sports or whatever it was called, I think that was his way of. If I think if the XFL would have taken off, you would have seen Vince McMahon step away from the WWE. And Titan Sport. Possibly, yeah. I think that he was has, his scapegoat. He has no other reason to leave now. And honestly, I want like... Mc, I envision Mc, McMahon leaving this world. Like, having a heart attack in his garden. <laughs> like, like the Godfather. Yeah. You know? So Michael Corleone? <laughs> yeah, like the end of Godfather? Like, like Vito. He's just out there just playing with his grandson with, like, a, uh, a tomato in his mouth, like, ah, and like, he just has a fucking massive heart attack, <laughs> and he just dies. That's good shit, pal. That's funny. <laughs> That's oh, how it know, works to go. You know, as well as I do, the, the, if, if Vince McMahon is on his deathbed, it is going to be, like, five days straight of, like, well, he, he, we thought he was going to pass tonight, but he somehow he fucking pulled through. <laughs> So, Aaron, I'll let you ask your good question, Archie. Aaron, I'll let you ask your first question, and then I'll go last. All right. So, I have... I have have three... uh, Let's go. I have a couple what-ifs, but I also have questions. 
So let's go with uh, what's the biggest letdown, in your opinion, in professional wrestling history? Whether it's a storyline, a wrestler, uh, a match, something that you think is just this was just a complete letdown. I did it for The Rock. I did it Ooh. for the people. Good one, Nate. <laughs> the end. Oh, good one. Kishi is the man behind the wheel. Yes, and the then series. and then uh, yes, and then also they also took another shit on that bed when they made it not even him, and then it was Triple H. It was just also it was uh, what a lost opportunity. As, as good as the Austin got, getting run over storyline was, and for months find, trying to find out, and then you say. Let's build Rakishi only to have The Undertaker kill him. Yeah. Off the top of a cage. Yeah, it was... Like, I mean, your end game was to make Hell in a Cell a six-man? I mean, really? <laughs> That's what we were going for at all of this? I thought that was terrible. That that was a good one, Nate. I, I don't know if I have a better one. Kyle, <laughs> you go first. <laughs> all right. It is... It's part of that thing, sorry. I know we're not supposed to, like... I don't know if we're supposed to add to our own questions or not. Absolutely. But the worst part was that they did it, and it was like, how do we get Steve off? Okay, let's run him over. Okay. And then he was gone for like a year, and they were like, wait a minute. We got to like make good on this fact that we ran this fucker <laughs> over. <laughs> did anybody think anything for the last 12 months? Nope. Uh, no? Okay, let's just start making shit up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Like, they just added shit to it. They were walking in the hall. They had blonde hair. It's like nobody said that at the time. Nobody was like, did anybody see who that blonde-haired person was? The Francis over? And the fucked up part is, Rakishi didn't even have fucking blonde hair. When Steve got ran over. You know, I read reports once that they thought they were going to make it Linda McMahon. And that's why they said blonde hair, because she had that silvery blonde hair at the time. Vince Gibbons and women drivers, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they tested it. They, like, sent out a, an email or whatever, and they asked friends, what would you think it was? And nobody responded. So Vince was like, nope, we ain't doing that shit. <laughs> Do you have anything? Vince and, Linda, Vince and Linda are like a real-life Beavis and Butthead, too. <laughs> I thought about that the other day. <laughs> Together, she has like the the, the blonde bouffant or whatever, and then takes like Beavis and Butthead, but it's okay. Do, do, do you have a better one, Kyle? <laughs> Who is Vince McMahon's illegitimate child? That's not that he's not. We just got Vince's Nate's let down. Oh, sorry. I thought you. Were that's Kyle. Yeah, that's Kyle. I thought you were Kyle asking Ryan. your question. <laughs> no. <laughs> Aaron was so bad just now. Aaron was like, "You're, you're ruining the show. Stop it!" <laughs> oh god. Oh man. I'm sure he's got one. <laughs> no, Kyle. That was that was pretty bad. I can't lie. <laughs> But there was supposed to be a bigger payoff, though. It wasn't supposed to be Hornswoggle. No, right. I understand. It was supposed to be Mr. It was supposed to be Ken Kennedy all along, wasn't it? Still, though. I mean, you could have put anybody in that that position. It didn't have to be Hornswoggle. 
But everything at that time had to be Hornswoggle. Even the anonymous GM ended up being Hornswoggle. Because <laughs> they had no fucking idea. They were just like, let's put the fucking leprechaun in there. <laughs> right. That was the fucking catch-all for everything they did. Okay, I'm wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna call something here. Kyle was about to say the word midget, and then he realized it might not be PC, so he stopped himself dead in his track. It's okay to say midget. <laughs> Hornswoggle calls himself a midget. He does, yeah. You know, that was just a bad storyline all around, though. What makes it worse is that, I again, I read a report that Vince wanted it to be Triple H and have it be that Stephanie and Triple H being married was going to be brother and sister. Yeah. It, like, and I, just, all I thought about reading that was, oh, this guy's really into incest. What the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah. Hell, the hell, only, oh my, I read, I read oh my God. This man oh my was God. the one. Grandchildren are mongoloids. I read something where Vince McMahon said that he wanted to be the one that impregnated him. Yep. (laughs) And it all started. Remember the match he had with Stephanie? Yeah. If you remember during that match, he started like gyrating while she was down on the ground and like grabbing her by the hair and petting her head and things like that. He was planting the seeds for that storyline to begin. (sighs) Jesus. He thought about it. So that shows you what kind of idiot he is that he thought, if I do this now, when we get to that point, it'll be explained. You know what I mean? He's the kind of guy that's like, he's like, well, goddamn it, Steph. I've already started gyrating on you. We have to go with this. Right. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with the obvious one that I'm sure everybody who listens and you guys are know too. It really didn't have a payoff. Because it made no sense. David Arquette is the world heavyweight champion. <laughs> it was all to plug a movie that people were going to see anyway. Yeah. And was already out in the theaters and already <laughs> had all the, the the publicity done for. It wasn't like David Arquette was going to walk the red carpet with the world heavyweight title. You know what I mean? It, so It was... It was- well, let's just say it was fucking stupid. It was, it was fucking stupid. Now it was Vince from, Russo's middle finger to the world of wrestling because he hates wrestling. From from the what I heard, from what I heard, David Arquette was a really cool guy about it. He was respectful of the business. This isn't an attack on David yes. Arquette. This is an attack yeah, on the creative. Said, Flair said that he took all his money that he got from it and donated it to the foundations that, like a couple foundations for Martha Hart. That she, that she started in like Owen's name, she gave he gave the other money to uh, Brian Pillman's family. I have no problem with David Arquette. I don't he have actually a got that either. He got back into wrestling recently in the last year or two, and has been doing death matches to prove David that Arquette he, off. you know, that he wants to be a wrestler. But you gave a guy who two week was was on the show for two weeks. You give him the belt, also you could turn him heel afterwards and make the stupidest character in the world. And that was to get the Kimberly and Diamond Dallas Page storyline started. Mm. So, where were we going? Yeah. What was what was the end game after all of this? Ladies and gentlemen, Vince Russo. Yeah. And it's, right. a garbage, it's a garbage movie. Have you ever seen that movie? I actually don't mind it. It's not a horrible movie because the storyline... Makes sense because I could see that happening in today's wrestling. You know what I mean? That's a fucking horrible movie. (laughs) It's not bad. It's not a five star (laughs) classic by any means, but at least it's 
you know, the guy Jimmy King is like the best wrestling wrestling character I've ever seen I've in my seen, life. I've seen better film on teeth. Crash. <laughs> oh God. Oh. <laughs> All right. Good. Qu- good question. All right, can I say? Oh. Are we allowed to answer our own questions? Yeah. Okay. The question is, in my opinion, the biggest letdown in professional wrestling history is Sid Vicious. And I'm a Sid Vicious fan. But imagine Sid Vicious <coughs> being respectful and caring about his profession. What and wanting to be better at it. Imagine how much of a bigger star he could have been. <sighs> Yeah, he had you the know, look. I guess I'm wrong because I heard a. He had the look. He had the intensity. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't I'm know. Very sleepy, but I'm fighting it. You, you know, here's my problem with Sid Vicious, and I have no problem actually. I don't mean it that way. Sid Vicious was given so many opportunities from his time in the WWF. I, what was he a two-time world heavyweight champion in yes. WWF? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then two-time world heavyweight champion in WCW. He had a run with Sting in the late 80s, early 90s when he was a member of the Horsemen. And he he got payoffs. He was actually a draw. He wasn't horrible. They That's took the I'm belt saying. off of Shawn Michaels and put it on Sid because Michaels wasn't drawing right. And they felt Sid would. And he did for those few months. That was, thank God, back when there wasn't a pay-per-view he, every month. Because he half-assed it and he didn't care. That's what I'm saying. Like, the guy was a letdown. Like, imagine if a guy that looked like that actually gave a shit and wanted to get better. Well, we've had that. Uh, Batista. Um, I'd even put Brock Lesnar in that category because Brock Lesnar is, you know. So that's what I'm saying is he, at that point in, like, the, the, from, like, 90 to 97, every time Sid was given something, Asked it and didn't give everything, didn't give it his all. And to me, Sid Vicious is the biggest letdown in professional wrestling history. All right. see that. A good question from Aaron. Now I'll pose my first one. Then mine's kind of a what if. So, taking everybody to the, the wonderful summer of 1994. In the WWF, does everybody here think that if they would have done the opposite of what they did and had Luger turn heel and join DiBiase, would that have rejuvenated Luger's career as a heel in the WWF and would his career in the WWF had wound up differently? Because I have always thought that it would have been much better for Luger to be a heel against like Bret Hart, Randy Savage, etc., etc. in the WWF than the uh, to continue with the... USA. So that's my question is if they would have turned him at SummerSlam 94, do you guys think it would have wound up differently with Luger? I'll I'll chime in first um, and I'm sorry to cut the line if there was one. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you to a certain extent, extent Nate. Luger excelled when he had a manager. J.J. Um, Dillon and the Horsemen. And I think as uh, a Harley heel. Race. Uh, as a heel, again, uh, Harley Race when he was the World Heavyweight Champion in WCW. Bobby Heenan in WWF before Heenan left. So DiBiase might have helped him to be a mouthpiece and actually get him over in that aspect. But I think the fans soured on Luger because they finally saw what was going on behind the curtain. 
that Luger was being born and bred to be the next Hogan. And they were kind of done with the whole Hogan, say your prayers, I'm a good United States guy, you know, American guy. Right, and that that's... And they wanted an edgy heel. That's kind of... That's, that's kind of... use that... Though. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Is is you know could he have said you know I I sold out to DiBiase because you know you fans gave up on me. I tried to be your flag bearer, literally, it et cetera, et cetera. It I work. He he got to be like I didn't sell out on you. You sold out on me. Well, I, isn't that what Tatanka actually said? You know, I did it because yeah, of the, the fans soured the, on the me. Pro- so the problem it might have worked for Luger. The biggest problem with Tatanka was they turned him heel and changed nothing else about him other than he frowned instead of smiled. He still had the and same he black. Yeah, he still had the same music. He still wore the. I mean, it was just I don't know. They fucked that whole yeah, thing up. Like, I, I think Nate, you and I have talked about this before. Like Tatanka should have had like a casino. Yeah. <laughs> he should. Yeah. If I, he should have also like like I know we're getting away from it, but like also. He shouldn't be Tatanka anymore. He, he should have went to his real name, Chris Chavis. His name is Christopher. Right. Miss Christopher, Christopher Chavis. Right. Let him come out in a suit like DiBiase used to and pull the, the clothes off to reveal a million-dollar man outfit. You know, well, that black, just black tights. Like a motherfucking buffalo. I mean, you know. Christopher, I'm a man, not a buffalo. <laughs> See, I think that it could work great coming off the USA thing because you had him turn heel and join Ted DiBiase. <clears throat> you can have him continue on with the American thing, but play the elitist, the American elitist, sit there and say, like, like isn't this what America's about? Making the most money? Yeah. Being successful? That, that works. I tried hard work. Yeah, I exactly. Tried, I tried hitting the pavement and kissing your babies and slapping the fans' hands and Saying hello and everything like that, and it got me nothing. All right, right so, and you know what? He didn't even have to say all that. He could have let DiBiase say it for him. He could have just sat there and smiled with a fistful of money. Yep. Yep. You know who? Do you, and, and he could have been like, "This has been going on forever, guys. Who do you think paid for the gas for that bus? <laughs> right. who, who, who do you think got me? The who, do you, who do you think I paid have, for the I didn't bus? Didn't have any winning payoffs? I lost every match of that fat <laughs> Fans boo, but it's this man right here that's paying you for flipping those burgers or washing those dishes. Well, now that we have spent the first 40 minutes on the first questions, Kyle, what's your next question? All right. Congratulations. You're all, you all have bought your own territory. Who is your broker going to be? Ooh, I like that. Um, I, I think I, I'd have to go with, see, I'm kind of tossed up because I want to say Jim Ross, but not Jim Ross right now, not Jim Ross who can't remember wrestlers names and talks out of context while he's on air and so says let's, things like fuck. Let's say in their prime then. <laughs> then yeah, I, that's I, I think like, Jim that's Ross. Why with, that's why I went with the territory. Not, right. You know, I, like I'd the... say Jim Ross in his prime. But I'm also thinking Kevin Sullivan because Sullivan used to book the hell out of WCW before they took it from him. But I think I have to go with Jim Ross. My answer, hands down, Jim Cornette's book in my territory. Good answer. Jim Cornette's gonna good give answer. Jim Cornette's gonna give me good logical wrestling storylines. Jim Cornette's gonna think about the wrestling product. 
He's not going to try to to either. First of all, he's not going to like much like Jim Ross wouldn't. To to Archie's point, I'm not going to have a booker who's going to try to book himself as the lead guy or what have you. And I'm going to have a right. booker. I'm have a booker who knows professional wrestling inside and out. And would be able to, to not only make, book a good main event, but coach young guys as he books them on the way up. So that's that's my answer, is JC. And then and then and I love Jim Cornette. I said I hate Vince Russo, and it's because of how much I love Jim Cornette. I've heard him <laughs> shit on Russo. Two years into your company, Cornette says something really racist, and you have to fire him. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I'd just, you know, I don't know, have editors, the editors that knew how to edit, right? the NWA. Right. Do the job. It's YouTube. Yeah. Edit. Goddamn. <laughs> Aaron? Um, I don't want to be the guy that's like, let's dissect the question. When we say Booker. You are the guy that dissects the question, though. That's your gimmick. Is it gonna? Be, huh? Nothing. Go ahead. Saying I do this a lot. Yes. Yeah, anyway, is this is this Booker? Is he also bringing in the talent, or is he just coming up with the angles, or is he doing all of it? Like I have this company, and now he, I'm giving him free range. He's doing it. You have the company. You're giving him free range. Okay, because I I I'm like. I, I'm, I'm on the fence with these two guys, so I'm going to say that my booker in his prime would be Jerry Jarrett. It came Not down a bad to, choice. It came down to Paul Heyman or Jerry Jarrett. I'm going to go Jerry Jarrett. That would be Not a bad choice. I've heard Jerry Jarrett did do great things in USWA and other, you know, southern con- uh, uh, territories. I'm surprised that, Kyle, who's yours? Who's mine? Yeah. Uh, see, I'm on the same boat with Nate. I, I've got to go with Jim Cornette. How did none of us say Dusty Rhodes? Wow. Because, like Dusty I, like I said, because, because, like I said, that's kind of what I alluded, I was going to kind of get into there, Archie, when I said, Another reason I'd pick a Ross or a Cornette, mainly Cornette, but I agree. I agree with you. Ross would be, if I could have a combo, you know, if I could have Cornette, right. and I'm getting off on, we're right. not going to get in the weeds here, but if I could have Cornette booking and Ross managing the talent, that would be my personal. But oh, yeah, definitely. The, the reason I wouldn't say Dusty is much like what I said about, I don't, I don't want a guy because Dusty would be putting himself on the card. Dusty, Dusty ruined ruined a lot of shit in the later years of of WC of NWA yeah. before it sold to WCW because of his book. True, true. Like Dusty would come up with a really cool angle for somebody or two guys, and it would be really good. But then he could not, like, once it started getting really, really good, he couldn't help himself by not, like, putting right. himself into it. Like Flair, he and felt he, he felt they needed like, the rub. Yeah, like Flair and Jimmy Garvin. That was cool on its own. Well, then all of a sudden, Dusty Rhodes is coming out and saving the Garvins. Right. Now it's not the Garvins anymore. You yeah. know what I no, mean? No, I, I agree. I, I have a soft spot for Dusty because you you hear all the young talent and the older guys oh, I love praise Dusty. him. I love him. You know what I mean? And I remember those promos, and I remember I drive the field as a kid. Bad, Jack. That's one of the greatest lines yeah. in wrestling history. You know what I mean? Whenever anybody says the word hard times, no matter what it's alluding to, I automatically go to Dusty Rhodes. 
the first thing I think. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, hard times, you know. So, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I like the the. I, I, can you imagine if we had all four on a booking committee? Jim Ross, Jerry, uh, Jerry, Jared, Jim Cornette. They probably. <laughs> and Kyle, Kyle, who was yours? Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette. So those three that were, oh my God, we'd be unstoppable. <laughs> my dream combo, and then we'll either go on to the next question or break, whatever we're going to do. No break. Is, oh, okay. It was uh, Jeff Jarrett, and, or Jeff Jarrett, Jerry Jarrett and Paul Heyman. I think if you would like let Jerry Jarrett bring in the talent and let Paul Heyman write for it, that would be a tremendous thing. All right. So, Archie, the next question goes to you, my friend. Yes. All right. I'm going to go simple here. Who was, in your mind, the best manager or valet? And if you want to tell me both, manager and valet, that's fine, too. Manager, hands down, end of story, Bobby Heenan. Um, And then if I'm going valet, obviously Miss Elizabeth. Good choices. Good choices. I got to go with Bobby Heenan as well as the greatest manager. Now, valet, I got to go with Sensational Sherry. Very hot choice. Good choice, Kyle. Good choice there, Kyle. I, I like that. I then again, I I let, don't get me wrong. I love Miss Elizabeth, but I love that heel valet. And good God, did Sherry play that? Perfect. And, I, and, I, and I think I think Whoa. I think I I think I lean toward Elizabeth just because Randy and Elizabeth is like my favorite combo ever. You know what I mean? Like they just that's yeah. you think you think those two together and. I mean, that's just, you, you know. Think, you think elegance, you think Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, and I'm in, I'm in no way saying Sherry's a bad pick, because Sherry was great. No, no, yeah. I just, like I said, I, I tend to like that heel valet more. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Go, go ahead, uh, Aaron. Well, Nate obviously said mine. Be Bobby. Um, so, I guess my second choice for manager would be be um Fred Blassie. Good choice. I love Fred Blassie. Um and then Valet would be Sherry. I was gonna say both of those, so what's your good, answer? Good choices from all of you. Good what? choices from all of you. I I'm I'm on Bobby too. Bobby is definitely number one for me. I number thought... two would be Paul Heyman. But as Paulie dangerously good stuff he, only because of his time with the dangerous alliance yeah that was I mean? that was that was what kept wcw interesting in 1992 right. yeah you know they were a more ruthless four horsemen if that's possible you know what i mean it's she's kind of a train wreck now but a valet that doesn't get talked about enough is uh honestly missy hyatt I see. I agree with you, but she wasn't a valley long enough because I guess she was only really with the nasty boys. I'm gonna, she was just like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest about Missy Hyatt. Uh, when she was on TV in the late '80s, early '90s at WCW, when I was a young teen, I didn't hear a lot of what she said because I was really just staring at her cleavage right. the whole time. So. Right. Like Jim. Now, <laughs> now see, <laughs> uh, here's where I'll throw you guys for a loop. I love Miss Elizabeth. I love Sensational Sherry. I grew up watching them and thinking they were some of the most beautiful of women on TV. And Sherry had a brain on her that, you know, when she managed somebody, it was strictly for that guy. Yep. But my favorite valet is Sonny. Good pick, too. Only because 
it's it's the time with the body donnas as stupid as it was she actually got them over it was because of her and candido's wrestling ability not because of anything else it was a bad gimmick but then her time switching from team to team and winning the world titles with all with tag team titles with all of them and then she split off and then just became her you know she was the most downloaded woman in the world yeah so i have to go with sunny on that strictly just because of the name she made for herself i mean she's in prison now but you know <laughs> in, in the 90s she was great <laughs> Sonny, Sonny was the kind of woman that could turn a gay man straight. <laughs> Definitely. But now I think she'd turn a, gay, a straight man gay. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Good question, Archie. Aaron, what's your next question? Was that? Oh, it's my turn? Yep. Who is the most underrated tag team of all time? Mm. Good question. Good question. I know my answer, and I know none of y'all are going to say my answer, so that's why I'm interested in it. The most underrated tag team of all time is the Quebecers. Now, are you including the amazing French Canadians when you say that? I'm, no, I'm, I'm, no I'm, kind of, I'm kind of hinting, I'm kind of going toward the Quebecers in... 93, 94 in the WWF. Okay. And here's why I say that. Because in a time where the, the, the company was kind of stagnant, they were a constant. They were really good. And if you watch the first, or if you watch the the late 93, early 94 editions of Monday Night Raw, it's the Quebecers show. They keep that show entertaining. A lot of times the world champion and the intercontinental champion aren't on the show. And those guys are a constant on that show. And they were constantly good. Um, so there you go. And they just don't get talked about because it was kind of a time where people, you know, where people kind of lost interest and WWF doesn't talk about it a lot or WWE or whatever and it's called now. WWF were pushing the Steiner brothers down our throat during that time. They were busting for them to beat the Quebecers and it just never happened. Yeah. Because the Quebecers so. were that good. And, and, and that's just me. That's just me. I love the Quebecers. I no, it's not a bad, bad, not a bad choice. For me, unfortunately it's because one individual that goes on to become a world champion goes on to another famous tag team, but to me, Doom is underrated. I, I was thinking Doom, too, a little bit. I was kind of talking because, about a good choice. Because, like I said, with Ron Simmons going on to win the world title and then going on with Bradshaw to form APA, a lot of people don't really reminisce on Doom, and they were so damn good. They were a great act. They had badass theme music. Oh, they had the best theme music maybe <laughs> ever. It's fantastic. And they had Teddy Long with them, who wasn't a bad manager back then either. Holla, holla. They were cool when they had woman with them. I liked them with them. Oh, yeah, and you know, yeah. you know, you know, you know that they had, they had insane <laughs> heat. They had insane woman. heat in the <laughs> South, putting a pretty white woman with two <laughs> black guys. Yep. <laughs> when they came to their curtain, every every white guy in the in the, in the arena was like, fuck. <laughs> Like, the fuck is going on here? <laughs> so, Aaron, we've all answered your question. Or, no, Archie hasn't answered yet. Oh, um, see, I'm kind of tossed up between a couple. Um, I want to say the Rockers, but, like, with Kyle, you know, Shawn Michaels went on to be the best wrestler in the world, and Marty Jannetty still gets talked about to this day. So, 
they're not really underrated. Um, most underrated tag team for me, and I'm not a fan of them by any stretch of the mile, but I just I don't feel people talk about them enough. Is the Nasty Boys? Because no, the time, like in the late '80s, early '90s, the Nasty Boys were fantastic. Yeah, I mean they were they had great feuds with in WCW because they were in WCW before they got to the WWF. Nobody really remembers that. They were fighting the Steiners and Doom and every other team. They went to the WWF. Their feud with the Natural Disasters was unbelievable. Their heart, you know, heart Foundation. With Jimmy Hart. With, heart, with the Hart Foundation. Uh, Jimmy Hart being with them. So, it, I, for me, it has to be the Nasty Boys. All right. Um, mine, guys, the answer, to, the answer to my question, so that means it's right, is um, the Heavenly Bodies. Dr. Tom Pritchard and Jimmy Oh, Dill. okay. I was thinking the Beverly Brothers. I don't know why. When you said the Heavenly Bodies, I immediately went to the Beverly Brothers. So are you talking? Yeah, are you talking? About... Are you talking Lane and Pritchard or, or Pritchard and Del Rey? Pritchard and Del Rey. I think Pritchard and Del Rey were a better team than Pritchard and Lane. I think that those guys should have been like the fact that they got into the WWF. Part of Smoky Mountain, like Smoky Mountain got them in there, but the fact that nobody in the WWF was like, you know what, we want to steal each other. It's fucking ridiculous. And I know it is. I know it's because they weren't the tallest guys in the world and had body physiques, but that was the point of the fucking gimmick. That's why they were the heavenly. They that were dumpy the... and they looked silly. Wasn't but that the, the point? Was... And they were fucking fantastic. Wasn't that the point with all of Cornette's tag teams, though? The Midnight Express, except for Stan Lane, Bobby Eaton, and Buddy Rose, and all the guys that were in that group, they were not fit. They were not in great shape. The Heavenly Bodies, again, like you said, uh, uh, Aaron, they weren't put together well, but they could wrestle. They could tell a damn story. Yeah. I think the Heavenly Bodies should have been something in the WWF, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I think they only got to, and please, I'm not saying this in a bad way, but I think that was because of Cornette getting them into WWF, and then Vince just saying, you know what, he made them, I don't want to do anything with them, don't worry about it, you know what I mean? Okay. All right. I just think, I think definitely body should have been bigger. They could have, they should have. I think Cornette should have had a bigger stable in WWF. Good, good question, Aaron. So I'll, uh. I'll ask my next question. It probably won't, the answers probably won't take too long to answer, but I know what mine is. Guys, what is your favorite women's match of all time? <clears throat> um, uh, Missy Hyatt's tits. <laughs> you know, all right, honestly, that's your, I'm, I'm writing that down as Aaron's answer. <laughs> I'll give my real answer in a minute. Go ahead. I'm going to go, I got to go, I think I've said it before, but I got to go with uh, Bailey versus Sasha Banks at TakeOver. The first or the second one? Uh, the second one was the Iron Woman match, I think. Then right. I, think I think so. Yeah. But I think it was, I think it was the, 
the second one. Look, then. either was great. Their whole feud in NXT was oh. amazing. So, to me, they you can talk about women's revolution all you want, <clears throat> but to me, I think that those two did more for the women's revolution than anybody because they're the ones that really set. Like, it wasn't until their feud that, like, people started taking the NXT women's title for... Somebody's eating chips. It's it's Hot Cheetos popcorn. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, I love the clarification, it, it, no. Archie. <laughs> oh, you're going to have heartburn tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, like I said... It, I think that with with those two, like their feud, like it it showed a lot of people. Like that was where people started taking notice. Like, oh shit! Like women can have feuds, and they can be just as good as the men's. All right, a good pick. I'm gonna, Mr. Army. I'm gonna make mine short and sweet, and agree with Kyle. I okay. think Sasha, uh, Sasha Banks, and Bailey, um, their whole entire feud in NXT was amazing. I don't think they've recovered from it on the main roster because Vince is not really letting them shine to go one-on-one the right way. Um, But I think that whole time in NXT between Charlotte, Becky, Shasha, and uh, Bailey was amazing. I think all four of those women shined and continue to shine today in different aspects on the company. And that that match though put them on the map and was what was the driving force to someone finally saying they're not divas they're women there you go aaron right. um I said match right now dude yeah match yeah. even though this is probably my favorite women's feud mm-hmm. um and in my opinion it's the first women's feud that actually had like a story so i would even say this okay my favorite female wrestling match is um, WrestleMania 22, Trish Stratus versus Mickey James. And here's the funny thing about that. We agree. That's mine as well. It's funny. Kyle and Archie agreed on one, and you and I agreed on one. That's my favorite women's feud, and it's my favorite women's match is Mickey James and Trish Stratus. So, here, so here's the things, fans. If you haven't seen those matches... Do a favor. Go watch those. There's watch, a reason why. Find a way to watch the entire rivalry because it's mm-hmm. it's 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 fantastic. Those two had great charisma. They put on a great match together or matches together. But that twenty two match is fantastic. And yeah, I'm a huge fan. So we agreed on that one. Here. And, and I know that Lita and Trish had feuds and everything before that, but it was always that one of the females was like a bitch and she was snobby. Or right. I mean. Like, the WWE always seems to have to have, like, the bitchy heel. And they can, or, or the mean girl. And they can say the whatever. The mean girl, thank you. They can say whatever they want to say about how, oh, we're being revolutionary with the women. But the catty, shitty, mean girl thing is, like, the new hillbilly. Yep. Like, WWE always had to have a hillbilly or a or hillbilly. Russians. That that that, yeah. that real scary Russian dude. Now it's the yeah. mean girl. Now it's the mean girl. They always have to have two, one to two girls that are just a complete bitch. I am so and sick and tired of hearing people of women, yeah, sitting there like, it's like, oh, you bitch, and it's like, oh, like, 
Well, my, my thing is, it's like, why do they always have to have, like, if it wasn't like, you know, Trish Stratus and she was a snobby blonde and she was making fun of Lita, and then it was fucking Lake Cool calling Mickey James Piggy James, and now they have those fucking iconics who are fucking. And before that, they made the Bella Twins into that same way with against Ronda. And. But Trish and Lita, or Trish and Mickey James, it, I mean, it started out because Mickey James wanted to bump muffins with Trish Stratus or whatever. <laughs> nah, I like the D, you know. And then she got upset about that. But it, either way, I mean, the feud was fantastic. The match is one of the best matches on that entire fucking show. You can't deny that. And the moment during the match was was actually edgier than anything WWE did at that time. Yeah, and that, got some heat for that shit. Yeah. It's just a fantastic fucking match. Well, let me, let me ask you guys something real quick, and I'm sorry to veer off, but guys and girls, when they're wrestling, grab each other in that area constantly. It wasn't the point of the grab, even. It was because she took her hand out and then lifted. So it was like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> So it was the act of after she did it. Because guys slam each other and have their hand in that area of other guys. It doesn't mean that they're gay. It doesn't mean that they're doing because they enjoy it. Right. But <laughs> just the her added, doing that made it was just her, yeah. It's her, just that it's that exclamation point on the sentence, you know. Right. And they didn't do any as, as edgy as the attitude era was. They didn't do anything bad up until then. Mm-hmm. As bad as that. All right, guys. Well, some so. good questions so far and good answers, and we're going to take our break here. Um, so hosts go pee, go smoke, go whatever you got to do. We'll be right back with you listeners and we will reveal the winner of our drawing and we will ask our questions some more here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Well, 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 you can't wrestle. So what did you do? You went out there and you started a podcast. You got that right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the We Can't Wrestle Podcast, and I am Brian Pillman Jr. The We Can't Wrestle Podcast is a podcast about wrestling and a bunch of guys that don't know how to do it. But I, Brian Pillman Jr., am very good at pro wrestling, so I don't need to start a podcast called the We Can't Wrestle Podcast, but I'll gladly put my name on the brand. I'll gladly go on the line to say that the We Can't Wrestle podcast is one of the most informative, most balanced, non-biased podcasts out there. Thank you very much, and have a good listen. All right, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate, Aaron, Kyle, and Archie are here with you asking each other questions. Good stuff so far, gentlemen. Right now, I know we're getting some echo here, but right now... I want to take this time to thank everyone that entered the latest drawing in the We Can't Wrestle podcast group. Uh, the, the challenge was just all you had to do was invite decent, good, quality members to our Facebook group page. Um, and and Blevins. But, um, and the winner of the drawing... I added him, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love Josh, and I love these magnets. Much love, Josh. Um, so the winner could get a pick of three of any of the items that I put up. I had some magazines up there, some uh, some rare WWF comic books from the from the nineties. 
a couple of Hasbros, an Anvil, and a Boss Man, and a couple of loyal subjects here. I don't remember which ones they were. They were uh, John Cena and a Macho Man, loyal subjects. So the winner can pick any three of those items, and I will reach out to them after the show airs to get their pick. But congratulations to Lannard Mitchell. Not Archie Mitchell. Lannard Mitchell. Oh, no. But I know Lannard. We're not related or anything, but I've done deals with him before. He's a great dude. Awesome. Well, he is always participating in We Can't Shuffle. He's participating on the page. He, I know he listens to the show regularly. So, Lannard, congratulations. You are the winner of those three items, and I will get with you, sir, and see what you need and ship them out to you ASAP. So now as we... I just have a quick question. Sure. How do you know you have a John Cena if you can't see him? <laughs> I think I think the because you can't see it. <laughs> yeah, it's the only one you can't see. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Kyle gets the next question. Kyle, what is your next question to the group? <clears throat> All right. You guys are familiar with Fuck Mary Kill, right? Yes. yes sir. Okay. Why was I so play... happy about that? Yes. <laughs> We're gonna play a game next of Fuck question. Mary Kill. <laughs> <laughs> now, originally, originally I was like, you know what? Let's play Fuck Mary Kill with WWF, WCW, ECW. But that's way too fucking easy. So, we're going to play Fuck Mary Kill with Ring of Honor, NXT, and New Japan. Well, I know who Nate's killing. I am. Oh, man. Are we talking about their current state of. Existence. Like, am I trying to fuck Mary or kill a young Ring of Honor? <laughs> a young, yes. wonderful Ring of Honor, or am I trying to kill this old hag that we're looking at you, now? <laughs> you are, you are uh, fuck Mary and killing. I'm gonna try your existence of Ring of Honor NXT in New Japan. All right, you're with her for the good time and the bad, all of it. All right, so I am going to. Because she's kind of wild, and you don't know what to expect. I'm going to fuck Ring of Honor. Okay. I'm going to... I'm going to kill New Japan, and I'm going to marry NXT. Are you... Wow. Yep. NXT is my favorite promotion of the past ten years. And I think I have a commitment there. So I'm going to have to marry her. So you're saying she's special? Yes, she is. <laughs> she's, she's a beautiful redhead. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess, uh, see, I, I, can't, I can't do that to New Japan because a lot of what WWF and NXT has right now is due to New Japan. So I would, um, I'd probably fuck New Japan, marry NXT, and I would kill Ring of Honor because... I didn't watch Ring of Honor in the early days. I started watching them like five years ago, and I would that was at like their, in my opinion, their peak because you had the Briscoes and so many great names there. You know, uh, Tyler Black at the time, Seth Rollins was just leaving there. Um. So I and I and now I can't stand Ring of Honor because of what they've become. So it's awful. Only only having a good five years with them or, or the last four years, I, I'd have to kill them. Uh, I'm going to fuck Ring of Honor because I don't really think it cares if you come back. (laughs) (laughs) 
Ring of Honor gets anal. All right, we got that. <laughs> we got a little bit out of you. That's all we care about. It's enough to keep me going for next month. Uh, I'm going to kill NXT because who cares? And I'm going to marry New Japan because it's Japanese and it's going to be submissive. So it's going to make me like omelets whenever I say, I want an omelet. It's going to be like, yes, sir, yes, sir. It's a massa. It's gonna make me an omelet. It's gonna know to keep its mouth shut when I'm trying to watch television. Well, there goes our Japanese fans. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want the answer. Don't ask the question. <laughs> what, what's your answer, Kyle, to your own question? <clears throat> that one went better than I thought it would. By the way. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna marry NXT. I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck Ring of Honor and kill New Japan. All right. So I'm the only one who would keep New Japan. If you would marry NXT all the time, it would just be like, you should feel so special that I'm with you. Look how much better I am than everybody. <laughs> and I'd be like, you're right, dear. Yes, dear. You're right, dear. Can I add another option? Can I have Why the as my mistress? 2017 vehicle. I should have a newer car. I'm so much better than everybody else. Archie, Can I add a fourth Archie, option of being a mistress? All right. Can I have NWA yes, as my yes. mistress? Do you know who? Oh. who's who's your... Uh, I bet NWA gets great head. What's that, Nate? <laughs> and, uh, you said NWA would be your mistress? Yes. See, my mistress would be ECW because that bitch trashy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she'd bleed all over you. It wouldn't be fun. ECW is but ECW. Oh my god! ECW is going to give you something tied when we can wash out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. ECW give you the Corona. All right. What I do, and and actually to thank them afterwards. <laughs> ECW let you do butt stuff though. <laughs> <laughs> On the first. Wouldn't even be your birthday. I just like. <laughs> But they'd want they'd be bleeding on you while they did it, while they allowed you to do it. That's the bad yeah. part. Well. <laughs> and New Jack play the entire time. New Jack's <laughs> looking you in the eye. This is awkward. <laughs> Kyle, look what you started. <laughs> I, I expect this from Aaron, not from you. <laughs> Well, Archie, what is your next question? It ain't as good as that one, but okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Reports came out today that a during a uh, certain show with Steve-O, the guy from Jackass, mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey said, I'm not coming back to the WWE because of the ungrateful fans. What are your thoughts on Ronda Rousey not coming back? Fucking see ya. Absolutely. You have she didn't bring a goddamn thing. She can take her small tits and her big forehead and go home. <clears throat> Look, you know what? I, 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 I'm going to say something, okay? And I understand. <laughs> Aaron laughing is making me laugh. <laughs> I understand. This, I understand that this that it's more. Uh, UFC than anything, but here's my problem with fucking Ronda Rousey, okay? 
She was this badass woman that kicked everyone's ass and was undefeated. Okay. Right. And everyone said, like, oh, she is a role model for, for little girls and for women and everything else. She gets beat. And instead of shaking her opponent's hand, you know, or giving him a hug and congratulating him, she storms off like a little baby. You had an opportunity to show a generation of women how to lose respectively, to become, you know, something greater than yourself, and she didn't do it. All right. That's I mean, a good that, point. Can I play devil's advocate? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate because I just read this too and I posted it on something because I wanted to see other people's thoughts on it. What if her saying this when she does come back makes her one of the best deals in professional wrestling? Well, we'll see. You know what I mean? Like, you, Kyle, and I'm not knocking what you're saying about, like, you know, shaking hands and saying thank you and doing this and doing that. Um, it's it's not the same thing, but let's harken back to something that happened back in the day. Bret Hart lost to Shawn Michaels in the Iron Man match and legitimately working the locker room took all his shit and just left and was like, fuck that guy and left. Right. And purposely telling Shawn Michaels ahead of time, I'm not going to shake your hand after the match. From what I understand, the only person he told he was doing this was Owen and he just fucking bounced. So even the locker room was like, holy shit. So what if her doing this right now is, and it's not because the WWF or WWE probably doesn't think this way anymore is planting the seeds of eventually when she comes back, she'll have all this fucking heat. You know what I mean? And and it might be the case. But I think the problem is, is that... Like, I don't want people going on Instagram and Facebook and being like, thank you for that great match. No, I'm not saying that. that. But that's... but. See, there's there's two different. It's a different thing between pro wrestling and like UFC or or any type of other sport. Because with wrestling, it's all about storylines. You're building to a storyline. People know what pro wrestling is. It's a work. That's what it is. But the fact is, when you have somebody who is on the cover of magazines that you know girls and stuff and people look up to, that's supposed to be you know like oh this is a role model. And, you know, look how dominant she is. You have people having the, the chance and the opportunity to show how to lose gracefully. You know, there's a reason why, you know, Michael Jordan is revered as a true champion because he didn't fucking throw Gatorade when he lost. I mean, you know, it's about winning and losing. I mean, we're, I, I hope I'm making sense. No, you are making a lot of sense, and be, I'm going to let Nate get to his answer in a second. I, and it, uh, but you know what, Nate, you give me your answer first, and now I, I'll say mine because, and then we can go to the next question. I already did. Take her big forehead and her okay. small tits, and she can go. <laughs> I, I didn't know that was your only words. Okay. That is that is it. My problem with her <laughs> is that you were like like Kyle said, you were in UFC and you were this dominant woman, and when you finally lost. To a crap fighter at that, she didn't lose to, you know, someone who was deadly like Nunez. She lost to Holly Holmes. 
I think so, you, yeah. You, 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 you had one more fight, and then you took your ball, and you went home from there. WWE threw all this money in your face, brought you in to ruin the Royal Rumble, because she ruined Oscar winning the Royal Rumble the first uh-huh. year, let's face it. And, and and shit all over that because no one was allowed to celebrate that, that they won the Royal Rumble or who she was going to challenge. It's just, here's Ronda Rousey. You come in, you have bad match after bad match, and then you say, the fans are so, so horrible. I need to go home to my family. I want to have children. Shouldn't you have thought about, about, about that nine months ago? You've watched wrestling before. You know if the fans can't stand you, they're going to move you out of the building. So she should have never came to the WWE. But Vince McMahon has a hard-on for the UFC for some reason, even though he doesn't like Dana White. And he wants to keep bringing in these fighters. I think it's because Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's one-in-a-million, you know, uh, exception. Lightning can't strike twice. Okay, let me ask you a question, though, real quick. CM Punk sucked in the UFC, correct? Mm -hmm. He lost two fights. Brock Lesnar had, I think, seven or eight fights in the UFC. And he lost three of them. That means he was barely 500%. He was a little over 500% for his winning average. He kind of sucked in the UFC. He was just a crossover name. He was a guy who did WWE, tried to be on the Vikings and couldn't get it, so he went to UFC. And as much as Brock Lesnar may be a draw in the WWE... It pisses me off when they put the title on him and say he's this great guy and this great this and he needs to be with the title. Vince needed to learn from his mistakes. When Brock Lesnar wins the world title, people boo. So, of course, of course when Ronda Rousey came in and dominated and won the women's world title, people were going to boo. So, I hope she doesn't come back either. And it's not about a big forehead or small boobs <laughs> or anything of that nature. It comes down to her being a bad actress, a bad wrestler. And and I agree on that's the business. I, I agree on all those points too. I I could care less if she ever comes back because she did nothing for me when she was there anyway. Right. And I, yeah, like the, I saw those comments and I was like, yeah, fuck that bitch. Whatever, go go away. <laughs> it was only because of Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch that the WrestleMania match was good because obviously Ronda botched a finish. Yeah. She lifted her shoulder at two. But what other feuds did she have in the WWE that were worthwhile? The Bella Twins? Nothing. Nothing. Her entire run, her entire run run was a shitstorm. Yeah. She made, she almost killed people. Mm -hmm. See, that's, I've made this argument about Nyla Rose in in AEW. It has nothing to do that she's a, a, a man that became a woman. And nothing to do with any, she's green as hell and is going to kill somebody. Well, in the same regard, Ronda Rousey is green as hell and is going to kill somebody, even though she's a mixed martial artist. Yes. Yes, absolutely. She's not, she is not the female Brock Lesnar. You know, like we've said, Brock Lesnar, like we said before, Brock Lesnar is one of those one in a million athletes. Um, and... That's not what you're getting out of Ronda Rousey, I don't think. I think Ronda Rousey, no. even even less than a fighter, she wasn't even she wasn't even a great fighter. She just became a media darling, and that's where that's where the WWE wanted to get their hooks in her. You know, um, she's like, uh, yeah, she's like uh, Tiger King. All right, <laughs> just a media darling. <laughs> Good question, Archie. Aaron, you're next. All right, we're going to go with my first what if. Okay? All right. 
It's August 3rd, 1997. East Rutherford, New Jersey. SummerSlam. Steve Austin gets dumped on his fucking head by Owen Hart. And it's more than a stinger. Steve doesn't get back up. Austin's career is over. What does the wrestling landscape look like now? Can I go first? Sure. Owen Hart is finally given the push that he's deserved. He'll, he would have been met with some heat because of injuring Austin and sending him out of wrestling. And after a few months, like happened with Triple H with the whole curtain call BS, Vince would have saw that the only person he could have pushed at the time was Owen. And Owen Hart finally would have had the world title. Kyle, your answer? I... I don't want to go as extreme as that the WWF wouldn't exist, but if you think about it, Austin is tied to a lot because Austin's tied to like the rock. The, the, the character the take on Mr. McMahon. I don't think anybody else could have done it the way he did. All right. So I have two, I have two streams of consciousness on this. One goes one way and one goes the other. And I know I'm playing, I'm playing one side against the other and I'm taking both sides, but one of two things happens. Either the Monday Night Wars are over before WrestleMania 15 and WCW wins because WWF doesn't hit the attitude stride or or somebody discovers what they have in the rock and we we still we still get the WWF riding high but you just don't have Austin. Cuz luckily See, my, my, my... luckily they had the rock. You know what I mean? Right. In that situation. But, but the problem is, is and, and, and I see where you're coming from, and I see what you're saying, but, like, the issue is is that, like, you hadn't had Austin to, to tie this over until The Rock found his voice. Right, and that, that's know. that's kind of what I'm saying is it, how quickly how quickly do you move on the talent of and can you hone the talent of The Rock is, is what everything right. would hedge on. See, this is where my point about Owen comes in, though, because they could have done, they still could have done the Mr. McMahon angle, um, but using Owen. And instead of it being a defiant boss, you know, Austin beating up his boss because he was just pissed off, Owen could have looked Vince dead in the eye and said, you're the reason my brother isn't here right now. You're the reason my family left the WWF where we have roots. And now I'm going to make your life a living hell. And that's a great. And it would have paid off. And that's a great point. So do you think that? <clears throat> do you think that Vince could have got over the fact of Owen being a heart, being Brett's brother, to allow yes. that to happen? Because he didn't leave him in the company just to torture him. You know, Owen chose to stay too. Owen could have sat at home. And told Vince, go ahead and sue me. Let's see what happens. He could have rolled the dice and scene and then went to WCW. Owen stayed to be the last hard to prove he didn't abandon ship. And through that loyalty, I, and then Owen pitching the idea of, hey, let me, you know, let's work. Let's do this. Let's do that. I could take the angle over. 
I think Vince would have saw something and maybe tried it. And if it didn't work, he always had The Rock, Triple H, Mankind, the incoming big show, you know, other guys to lean on. You know, if it didn't work, uh, it was just about taking, you know, that was the whole thing I think that came up about Owen. He wasn't willing to take the gamble, whether Brett was there or not. Vince wasn't sure. And I think if he would have let Owen shine, it would have it would have been better. I mean, look at all the good that he did with Jeff Jarrett as that tag team they had before he had to be back into the Blue Blazer. It was actually a great tag team. They were two pissed off guys that was were talking about real shit, you know, so. That's just the way I, and I'm an Austin fan. I like Austin. I, I, I used to have an Austin 316 shirt. And when the glass breaks nowadays, I pop. But without Austin, I think other guys would have gotten a chance to shine or other guys would have gotten a chance to grow quicker. Yes. All right. Did everybody answer? Yep. All right. Can I answer mine? Oh, yes. Okay. I got two things. There's Two things, two answers to this. One, Austin doesn't get back up. He's fucked. He's done. I don't think Brett goes to WCW because I think Vince is willing to continue spending the money that he was going to spend for Brett. And two, I think right now, in 2020, every single one of us would be talking completely different about Ken Shamrock than people talk now. Oh, you're going the Ken Shamrock role. Oh, yeah. I like it. Ken Ken Shamrock, before Steve Austin took fire, if you watch the WWF, before Steve Austin as a face really took fire, that company was banking on Ken Shamrock being the Wow. They really were, in my opinion. They they were looking at Ken Shamrock as being the WWF team. Well, they were paying. Well, a they lot were of money they were toying with a few different people. I mean, Shamrock. They had the Patriot fighting Shawn Michaels at a paper. You know, they were trying with a few different guys. And I they, agree with you. They they had other people going, but Ken was head of the pack. In Not my, a bad scenario. All right. Not a bad scenario. So this one will be fun. My next question is... Who has the biggest forehead in the WWE? Ronda Rousey. (laughs) All right, so this is not... I'm not asking for your personal favorite because we're wrestling fans and wrestling fans tend to gravitate to their personal favorites over their... the realistic... uh, the realism of of the thing. So, guys, of the past 15 years... Not who is I'm not asking who is your personal favorite wrestler, but of the past 15 years, who is the best wrestler in the world in the past 15 years? Okay. Who's going first? I'll go first. Okay. The best wrestler in the past 15 years is Kurt Angle. I agree with Kyle. So since, okay, we're talking 2005 to now. Yep. So we're ignoring 99 to 2005, and you're still saying Angle. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I can respect that. Because, <clears throat> excuse me. He did. He did fucking carry that god awful TNA on his back for a long time. I was that, just about to say that. That's that's the big thing is that if, when you go back and you look at TNA, there's a lot of horrible shit, and you have a lot of guys who showed up just for a paycheck. Boy, man, even though Kurt Angle had some personal demons, man, he showed up. He showed up to work. Yep. And I think he single-handedly saved that company. For a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, think well, about see, it. Think about, uh, think about the fact that he, uh, the matches that he had with the people that he had, and he was able to, you know, get good matches out of them. Oh, yeah. To me, that's, the, that's the testament of a good champion or of a good wrestler. I would, Kyle, that was my exact reasoning, because you look at guys that were still coming up, like James Storm and Bobby Roode, that were tag team wrestlers that Kurt got amazing singles matches out of. Mm-hmm. Guys like, like Jeff Hardy, who had his own demons and could barely stand sometimes. Um, I mean, the hell would it? He might have gotten a great match out of Shark Boy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It, 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 he was able to carry that company on his back because, in his mind, he had nowhere else to go. He didn't want to be in Japan full time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's got to be Kurt Angle. So, Kyle and, and and Archie are in agreement on theirs. Aaron, your pick. Um, I'd say in the last, you said the last fifteen years. Fifteen years, years. yes. Yeah, so we're talking oh five to today. Edge, another good pick because Edge is mm-hmm. Edge is Edge is consist Edge was consistent, um, a great heel. And I think Edge Edge is um, this is going to sound stupid. I don't, it might sound stupid, but he's like a Ric Flair or a Mick Foley. Where when I look at like a wrestler, like how great is this guy? I don't look at just did this guy have good matches? I look at what he contributed to wrestling, and to me, if you're contributing to wrestling, part of you contributing to wrestling is making people, and Edge made a lot of people, in my opinion. I agree. Yep. Um, I see that. I, I agree. The thing I love about wrestling is when you watch a guy grow, that's going to come off really bad in post, but <laughs> um, <laughs> isolate know, like you look at, quote. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you look at like how Shawn Michaels went from being a tag team specialist to an intercontinental champion to world champion. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Austin, always the mid Carter in in other companies, tag team champion, and that then world. Edge is the same way. Came in as a, a loner, met up with Christian. They put him as a tag team. And then continued to grow until he was a not like an eight or a nine time world heavyweight champion. Unbelievable! That's <laughs> he, he is a great wrestler. I won't lie. Um. So when I wrote this question down, I then said, "Fuck! I can't even answer this question because I have I have two, and I know that's cheating, but it's my show." And I'll I do thought you were going to say Shawn Michaels. No. It's my show, and I'll do what I want. Sean had some great matches in the past 15 years, but um, 
the two, to me, and again, these aren't my necessarily my favorites of the past 15 years. That would be an even, that would be a different question. But for me, it's almost a dead heat between AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Styles, I'll say, I, I, that's a good pick. I, I can't stand Randy Orton. Uh, Randy Orton is, uh, I'd see, I think we part ways on him in that Randy Orton, to me, has the best psychology. If you watch Randy Orton, his psychology is insane. His psychology during a match, during a promo, during an angle, during a segment, his psychology is insane. He is... He is he's better than his dad. Oh, a hundred times better, yeah. Um and and I love Bob Orton also, but his psychology to me is volumes above it in twenty in it was fifteen years from now, if the WWE Performance Center still exists and they're training new wrestlers, he needs to be the guy that trains on psychology. And that's why I put him where I put him. And then AJ, just because I don't know that anybody can argue that there's a smoother wrestler in the world. I agree with that on AJ. Uh, AJ Styles, uh, from being in WCW, the last dying days of it, mm-hmm. uh, and growing the way that he did from uh, Ring of Honor and, and small companies to being the face of TNA and the homegrown star to now being a main eventer in WWE where they trust him. The Undertaker hand-picked him to be his WrestleMania opponent. Right. Because he said, he's going to give me a match just like Sean did. Because they didn't know it was going to be a Boneyard right, match at the right. beginning of that feud. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to give me the match like Sean did a few years back. With Randy Orton, my problem with him is, and it's nothing against his character, I think he's evolved greatly except for the last two years. He's it. He breaks character too much and allows his personal feelings to come out during a match. Like, like when he hit uh, Kofi Kingston with the RKO a few years back, and then he went stupid, stupid, stupid. He felt Kofi landed wrong and hurt himself. And that is, and there is an aspect to that too. But we have also discussed on you this know. show. Well, but there is an aspect to that too. We've also discussed on this show how Sean's one of the greatest of all time, and he did a lot of that shit too. You know, I mean, in some, his early career, yes. Sometimes later career, no, not in his later career. Um, but sometimes that that, and I'm not, I'm not arguing that Randy shouldn't have done that. And it, it's absolutely unprofessional. But I think that sometimes some of those guys, their passion just gets the best of them, or what have you. Um, they, but, and this might be this might be out of left field, and I know. Nate's not as big of a fan of this guy that I as I am. But you know who I would like compare Randy Orton to? I would compare Randy Orton to uh, Tully Blanchard. Yeah, I'd give you that. In the fact of he is the best fucking guy. Like, if you would take 20 wrestlers and put them in a room, He's the best fucking guy in the goddamn room. And then you put him in the ring, and he's the best fucking guy in the ring. And he has no qualms about telling you that. But he also doesn't give a shit if the crowd's cheering him at all. 
like Randy Orton, and if you would ask me who's the best heel in the last fifteen years, I would tell you Randy Orton because Randy Orton is a natural fucking heel, and he doesn't give a shit if anybody in the arena likes him. He knows he's the fucking best, and that's what Kelly Blanchard was. And that is what I like about Randy Orton is the fact that the guy doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks about him. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to have the best fucking match in the entire show. And if you don't like it, fuck off. And that's what I like about Randy Orton. Kyle? You make fair points. <laughs> Kyle? Your question. Yes. You're, you're next up, buddy. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> oh, no. <clears throat> you guys were stranded on a desert island. Somehow you have a fucking working VCR oh, I, DVD I, player. I, I you're going to be like, we got to marry, fuck, kill. No. Three of the four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, somehow you have a VCR <laughs> TV DVD player, whatever the fuck you need. But you're lost on an island. You have one pay-per-view to watch. What pay-per-view is it? Canadian Stampede 97. <laughs> Which uh, WrestleMania was it that Sean fought Ric Flair had to retire? 24. Was that 24 or 25? Yep. 24. 24. I'll take WrestleMania 24. I will take... Uh, WrestleMania 20. WrestleMania 20? See, I'd pick WrestleMania 17. Well, there we go. That's a that's a good list of fucking pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Canadian Stampede, WrestleMania 20. WrestleMania 17. And 24. I'm writing those down because we're probably gonna have to review those pay per views now. It'll be our it'll be our stranded on a on an island pay per view reviews. I like that. Yep. All right. Good, quick, succinct, succinct to the point question, Kyle Archie. What's your next question? All right. What city? Because there there's talks of, of WrestleMania being held in Florida in Tampa again for WrestleMania 38 to make it up to the city. Uh, for what happened with this whole virus. But what city would be the best to host WrestleMania 38? <clears throat> Indianapolis. You want my... Okay. Indianapolis? Mm-hmm. Uh, WrestleMania 38 city. Uh, let's go... Los Angeles. Well, it's going to be there for 37, so they'd have to, it would be back to back years, which wouldn't be bad. I mean, I, I could see them doing back to back years in, in LA. Well, shit, I didn't know it was going to be in 37. Uh, well, let me pick another one. Nate, did you say yours? Yeah, I did. Indy. Okay, my, 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 whatever kind of cut out a little bit. Other than Los Angeles, let's go. I don't know all the stadiums. Is there a, 
Let me ask this. Is there a stadium in Nashville? I think so. I believe so because they have a lot. Of, they have... I think there should be like a... I don't know. Like I, don't know if, I don't know if the Titan. I don't know if the stadium the Titans play at is in Nashville or Memphis. I don't know. The stadium. Somebody... The stadiums in Nashville are the Nissan Stadium, where the Titans play. Okay. Which, uh, how many people that hit? Like, uh, many... Let's see if they if they could let me know how many people it says sixty nine thousand. Which that's for ba- that's for football. With wrestling, it might be more like eighty. <laughs> Fuck it. They're going to Nashville. <laughs> and then there's also the, the first Horizon Park, which I think is a baseball stadium, which capacity is only 10,000. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah, that's, that, that ain't going to work. Tickets would be like $576 for the last <laughs> So put them in that fucking Nashville stadium and give it like a fucking, like, you know, because they always sell it on the vibe of the show or whatever. You can give it like a Bourbon Street or not Bourbon Street, but like you know, like a like a country vibe to it, or whatever. Yeah, why and, not? Yeah, let Jerry Lawler host it because they're going to be in Tennessee anyway. Yeah, and they got to have a host. You know why they have to have a host? I don't know anymore, but okay. Well, somebody yeah. has to seat the people, Archie. You're right. <laughs> my choice to answer my own question, and I know it's a small arena, and they don't, they want to break attendance records. But they they could be break the zero attendance record this year, would you know anything they do? Um, would I'd like to see them go back to Madison Square Garden one more time for that nostalgia feel? Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's only twenty five thousand people, I think it's worth it. Yeah, that MSG or um, or the uh, what's that? Or what's the arena called in Chicago? Allstate. Allstate, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, why not? Here, here's what I would do. If it was me, <clears throat> I'd like to see them travel overseas and go to Wembley Stadium. Yes, I agree with you there. That would be great. Or it would be it would be five billion star WrestleMania in the Tokyo Dome. Mm, no, I don't think New but, Japan would let that go down. But you know, I think was, about it. I was being to facetious to anyway. Let them go to that brand new Wembley Stadium. Well, I mean, it's not brand new, but I mean, it, it's built on the same grounds as the original. Yep. And <clears throat> I mean, my God, I'm I'm looking at it right here, and I mean, their record attendance. <clears throat> uh, record attendance was ninety eight thousand. You're telling me that if uh, uh, WrestleMania came to to England that they're not going to sell that fucking thing out. Oh, yeah. oh I, the, the English have been begging them to come back to the United Kingdom to do another pay-per-view. But their fear is how early or late they'd have to start because of the time difference. Well, I mean, but and here's the thing. But they'll go and put shows on for those blood-killing Saudis. Exactly. I mean, true, you know. true. One Right, we could start at 1 p.m. from Saudi Arabia, but we can't in the U.K. Exactly. I mean, my God, this this past WrestleMania had no fans. So, I mean, why can't we have it at 1 p.m.? Or Right. People would tune in. If you have the network and you're giving $10 a month, you're going to take the day, which is a Sunday anyway, you're going to be in front of your TV at 1 o'clock in the, morning, in the afternoon. Yeah. With how the network, with how pay-per-view works now, 
it doesn't matter if somebody's watching it when it's on. Right. Like I'm a I'm a third shift guy. Okay, that's my life. It's a third shift life for me. So it doesn't matter what time if it, if the fucking pay per views at one or the pay per views at eight o'clock at night. No matter what, I'm probably watching that pay per view at my leisure, and you can do that now. Yep. With the network. So have that fucking yep. shit work ever and whatever time zone you want to fucking have it, and people are still gonna see it. Doesn't fucking matter. Well, so if and- it's for WrestleMania in England. Have it in fucking England. And people don't care about the Jardines anymore. They don't care about the spoilers. You could do WrestleMania in fucking goddamn Tasmania. And nobody's going to give a shit if it's not. They're still going to watch. Watching it. They're still going to watch. They're still going to watch. And way back when, WrestleMania and pay-per-views were in the fucking afternoon. They weren't. They'd be like, like, Wednesday at 4 o'clock, tune in for WrestleMania. How do you have the goal to post to put up Survivor Series on Thanksgiving, but say 1 p.m. is too early to do a UK pay-per-view? You know what I mean? It's like, You used to make people decide, do I want to eat dinner with my family or watch the WWF? But now the time difference is going to freak you out. You know. Silly. Great answers, silly. though, guys. I, I, I agree. I, Kyle, I agree with you. If, 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 I think there should be a UK pay-per-view, and it should be. You know, Wembley Stadium. Even if they only got a 40, if they couldn't get Wembley Stadium, they still need to go to the UK because those sons of bitches would, would sell out that crowd immediately and be the rowdiest bunch ever. And not, mm-hmm. to, not, not to shit on Kyle's idea about WrestleMania being there, but um, how cool would it be if they did, nostalgia-wise, what if they did a SummerSlam from Wembley? You know, because right. exactly. the, the SummerSlam, we all remember the, the SummerSlam at Wembley Stadium. Um, yeah, they could find a little bull pet kid. <laughs> <laughs> the British Bulldog is going to win whether he wants to or not. Whether he wants to Drew or not. McIn- Drew McIntyre is going to win whether he wants to or not. <laughs> so, Aaron, <laughs> it is your turn to ask your next question. All right, and it's my uh, second to last question. Um, so I'll go with the question, not the what if. Um, who's one guy or tag team that never gets to the WWF you guys think should have and would have worked well? One wrestler or tag team that never went to the WWF that should have and would have worked well. That was the question, right? Yes. I think the Midnight Express could have worked in the WWF. Alright. You know, I, I know <clears throat> Nate, one half of this is, is that Midnight Express as Midnight Express with Jim Cornette? Yes. Yeah. Midnight Express with Cornette. Okay. I know <clears throat> one half of the <clears throat> I know one half of this team made it to WWF, but I think Harlem Heat. Would have done amazing stuff in in WWF. <clears throat> they were supposed to actually fight the revival at this year's WrestleMania, and then with everything going on, they just said the hell with it. Sucker. So Stevie almost got a shot, but well, we ain't gonna ever see it now because their nope. revival's gone. 
Revival is gold, exactly. For me, I, I, I guess I got to stay current because, you know, I think, because I don't think he's ever going to go because he's, he said play, point blank he hates Vince McMahon. Uh, Okada from New Japan. I think that if they left left him with the gimmick he has now and let him just, you know, come out with the money falling from the sky and the kind of showman that he is and the way that he wrestles, he, he could wrestle the WWE style. I don't think that would be a problem. I think that Oka- I'd like to see I think, Okada I think that Okada would wind up like Shinsuke where he would be great in NXT and then Vince would fuck him over on the main roster. And I think that's Okada's well, I think that's his fear about going there. Yeah, I think even without seeing what happened to Nakamura, because he said even before Nakamura left, he couldn't stand the WWE product. So, yeah, I think you're right about that. That's why well, he's never been there. With Okada, didn't when he, come, didn't when he came here, didn't fucking, like, TNA make him, like, goddamn... Kato. Kato with a fucking yep. Green Lantern deal? Like, yep. why would you want to come back to the States if somebody did that to well, I agree with you. TNA screwed him. They screwed uh, Nakamura over because when they brought him in for those couple matches, he was bad too there. Every Japanese talent they've ever had, they've messed up. But I think on a bigger scale, you know, look, everybody says it. WrestleMania and Wrestle Kingdom are the two biggest shows ever in wrestling. I think from a, from a, a financial and the fact that he could say he's now done it all, if he were to be able to come and main event WrestleMania, like Nakamura did, I think he'd be able to boast that he's done it all in his career. But I don't think it comes down to his financial for him because he gets paid really well in New Japan. And, it, it you know, it's not a, a, big, a big fish going from a small pond, you know, the saying uh, a small fish going to a big pond. He is in a big pond. New Japan is huge, so he really doesn't care because in his mind, he's in the WWE, but only in Japan. Right. Okay. So we got Okada. Nate, what was yours? Midnight Express. Kyle? Mine was uh, Harlem Heat. Okay, mine is, and it's going back to old school shit, is uh, Nikita Koloff. I think if Nikita Koloff would have made it the WWF, I think that guy would have been huge, man. Like, I know his work sucked. Or not, I don't even think his work sucked. Like, when he was with the right guy, he did fantastic. But I think, I think Nikita and the WWF would have been fucking money. You were right. He sucked. But... No, you were right. He sucked. But I agree with you that if you would have if you would have brought Nikita in mid '80s Russian heel against Hulk Hogan, you definitely would have had money there. But he did suck. And I yeah, think I, I, I think that Nikita Hogan would have been fantastic. But then eventually, eventually, Nikita. <laughs> turning and going with Hogan would have been money and you guys are going to say oh fuck you you're wrong and I think I'm right 
I think people can say what they want to say about Nikita Koloff, but Nikita Koloff was 20 times better than Jim Helwig. And I think Nikita would have surpassed the Ultimate Warrior and probably would have been a better person in that role than Jim Wrestling-wise, I agree with you. Wrestling-wise, I agree with you. Uh, they just... I don't think they would have let him get over the way the Warrior did. I, I think that we would have seen um, a lot of what happened to Vladimir Kozlov happened to Nikita Koloff only earlier. You know, I don't think they would have took him seriously. I just think that guy could have been a much bigger star in the WWE. I agree. And I agree. You know, when you hear a guy like Flair say during a shoot interview, I wanted to put over Nikita, they wouldn't let me. You know that that means he thought he had something. So, in my opinion, he should have been made something bigger, but they didn't give him a chance. All right, so I'll ask my next question, and then we will take up our final break, and then we'll ask our last question. My next question, guys, is, all right, one of my favorite WrestleManias, one of my top three WrestleManias of all time is WrestleMania 8. All right, I love WrestleMania 8. However, what I want to ask is, do you guys think that the WrestleMania 8 card that we saw, <clears throat> do you think that the orig- 2020 vision, do you think the original WrestleMania 8 card would have been better? Now, I, I pose to you this. The original planned WrestleMania 8 card had Hogan and Flair on top. It had Sid Justice. They had it penciled in to be Sid Justice versus The Undertaker. You would have had Jake Roberts and Randy Savage continuing their feud. And we would have had the match between Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. So my question is, did we get the better card after all shook out? Or would the original card have been more epic? I think that on paper it might look as if. The original might be more impressive, but I think if it had played out that way, let's face it, at the time, at the time, I mean, we ended up getting Hogan versus Flair, and it wasn't what everyone thought it was going to be. It's never going to be, it's never going to be. It's the same reason, like, you don't, you're not going to see Goldberg versus Austin or Sting versus Taker. It's just never going to be what you think it's going to be. I, to me, the fact is that you had two huge main events. You had Hogan versus uh, Sid, which is what you want to see with Hogan. You want to see Hogan take on the big, you know, beast. And then you had the, you know, classic wrestling match of Flair versus Savage. I think we got the better card. Archie? Um, I'll blame Hogan because of this. Um, because it was Hogan's fault that, you know, it went down the way that it did. I don't think that Sid and Hogan should have main evented the uh, show. No, I don't um, think it should have either. It should have been Savage Flair if it was going to, you know, if we were going to still get that card. Um, I know that I've heard, I've read, I've listened to them say, well, we tried Hogan and Flair on house shows and the people weren't responding. 
But Vince McMahon has never really listened to his fans, so I don't know why he would have started back then. Um, I like WrestleMania 8. I don't love it. I'd give it a solid 6 out of 10. Um, but with the opportunity of getting Michaels, Janetti, uh, Savage, and Jake getting to end their, you know, to finally culminate their feud, um, and, and getting Flair versus Hogan off the table, because I know everybody was pandering for it. I was too as a kid, but point being, just to get it over with and see what happens, I think would have been a much better idea. So I don't think we got the better card. Okay. Aaron? I would say this. The WrestleMania 8 we got was the WrestleMania 8 that we should have got. Just with the Flair, Savage, Hogan, Justice match. Because the WWF Championship always and WrestleMania. But the original card, the supposed original card that was red... This might sound stupid. I don't know. That to me sounds like a SummerSlam card. Even with Hogan and Flair on top. Yeah, that's a SummerSlam card. In '92. Yeah, it's a SummerSlam card. So here's my thing about it. I I don't think Hogan and Flair should have their first match on WrestleMania. Do you know why? And I'm going to tell you why. Because Ric Flair should beat Hulk Hogan the first time they fucking wrestle, and he should beat him for the belt. Because if Hogan just beats Flair the first time they wrestle, you have no fucking reason to have a rematch. True. Well, he would have beat so him because Hogan's Flair, Flair beats Hogan at SummerSlam. No. Then you got uh, half Flair. a year for Flair to be like, look what I fucking got, you piece of shit. Don't but see, here's, here's the thing, though. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Flair lost the title to Savage, so that means Flair would have was willing to lose to Hogan. So whose idea was it to say, "No, let's not do Flair versus Hogan. Let's give Hogan to Sid Justice." You well, know? Hogan, and then Hogan, bring back the Ultimate Warrior. Hogan decided to pitch a bitch and leave. That's the real political. I guess my question, ex, my question exists in a world where Hogan isn't a political monster. Um. You mean an asshole, Nate? But yeah, that's yeah, I, the point. I, I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> What's that old expression, though? The world needs an asshole. Anyway, I'm just saying, if you're going to have Hogan Flair, and that's the reason I didn't like the WCW. Uh, hey, 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 hold on. You just gave me an idea for SummerSlam, but you didn't tell me which card was better, and that was my question. What? I said you gave me an idea for a program between Hogan and Flair, but you didn't actually answer my question, which was, is the card we got better, or is the card that was planned better? The card we got is better. Okay. WrestleMania 8's fucking awesome. I like 8 as well. Look, I did not say that WrestleMania 8 was not awesome. Okay. I didn't say you did. No, no, I know. <laughs> here's my, my, my point of this. WrestleMania 8 was as good as it was because of the wrestlers and how good they actually wrestled. 
That doesn't mean the card wasn't solid. There have been plenty of episodes of Saturday Night, Sunday Night Heat and Saturday Night Shotgun that were probably amazing because of how much the wrestlers kicked ass. Doesn't mean the card was any good. You know what I mean? True. Flair and, Flair and Savage saved that show. Their whole storyline saved that show, in my opinion. The Warrior did not need to come back at the ending and save Hulk Hogan because at the end of the day, it really did nothing for the feud. Yeah, it should have been in the middle of the show. Right. Just flip those matches. Right. I would have rather have Brett and Piper main event that than fucking Hogan Warrior. But I still think that if you're going to have Ric Flair fight Hulk Hogan for the first time, Ric Flair should beat Hulk Hogan. And then Hulk Hogan beats Ric Flair at WrestleMania. Alright, thank you guys all for your answers to my question. And when we return, we will all ask our final questions here on the, essentially, I'm going to I'm gonna title this show 20 Questions. <laughs> on the 20 Question edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And we'll be right back after this. Alright wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Nate, Aaron, Kyle, and Archie here with you And I know my audio might sound crappy right now, blame Skype on that um, We're all going to ask our final questions here in our round table want to once again congratulate Leonard Mitchell for winning the drawing The drawing, as Michael Myers would have said The drawing um, And we're going to have another one coming up this week um, Stay tuned so, and that is going to feature, we talked about the customs earlier, that one is going to feature some Archie Mitchell customs, so you're going to want to stay yeah. tuned for that. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Kyle? Yes, sir? Your next question, sir. All right. We're going to play a game. I'm going to say a name of a wrestler, and I want each of you to say the first name that pops in your head. As far as like an opponent, a person who is one hundred percent like just these two people go together. Okay. All right. Okay. Like peas All and right. carrots. No, peas and carrots. All right. You ready? Ready. Hulk Hogan. Rick Flair. Randy Savage. Randy Savage. See, I go with Piper. All right. Was that it? Are you just Hulk Hogan? <laughs> one, one name? You want to keep going? We keep going. Well, I thought that was what you were doing. I thought you were doing a little like a five-man oh, word association. Right. Okay, well, hell, we'll, we'll keep on going then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> okay. Well, you said it before. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Hulk Hogan. Miss Elizabeth. Okay. Uh, let's go with Andre the Giant. Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan. Jinx. <laughs> Rick Rude. Jake Roberts. Oh, Dustin Jake. Rhodes. Who'd you say? Aaron? Things. 
All right, and last but not least, John Cena. Edge. Edge. Oh. Yeah, Edge. And way to improvise, Kyle, because you know Kyle came up with those last four on the fucking fly. I did. I did. I, I didn't was know that was going to be a dumpster fire. Fuck. I love it. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm going to just say Hulk Hogan and see what everyone says. And I was like, I'm like probably they're going to talk about why they fucking... No, we, Pick that person. We, nope. thought, we, thought, we thought you were giving us a wrestling Warshack test. <coughs> Kyle, Vince Rousseau, that question. I did. Not a good idea, but I don't have an ending. <laughs> Bro. Don't, don't you worry. I can fucking find my way to an ending. <laughs> because a bunch of better minds thought of it before. <laughs> hey, hey. What, what does Vince McMahon say? Surround yourself with smart people. He also says that's good shit, pal. Yeah, he did. All right, Archie, your last question for everybody. All right, your favorite faction or stable in any company? Heart Foundation. Good choice. WWF ninety-seven. Um, Kyle. Mm. You know. I'm going to have to go with Evolution. Good choice. Good choice. Out of the, I didn't expect that, but it's a good choice. Yeah. Which, if you guys haven't watched it yet, the uh, Ruthless Aggression <laughs> series on the WWE Network is fantastic. It is. It's very good. And the Evolution is uh, pretty good. The reason why I picked Evolution, I want to elaborate on that because Nate says kind of surprised by that one. But I think evolution is a perfect example of what a, a stable should do. You have a legend, you have the guy who's on top now, and then you have one or two guys who are coming up. I, 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 totally I agree. That. It's a good formula, but they don't follow it that, that often. No, they don't. And it's, it's ridiculous. Because, again, it's like anything in wrestling. It's so fucking simple. I don't know why they overthink this shit. Well, my favorite fact, did, did everybody else answer? Yes. Yeah, just you. Um, mine is um, the 97DX. Aaron, why mm-hmm. we're friends. <laughs> Shawn Michaels, Triple H... China and Rick Rude. Fucking work for me, man. And at that time, it was revolutionary. It was different. It pushed the envelope. They talked about the other company, mm-hmm. which and wasn't allowed. <laughs> and everybody did their job perfectly. Yep. And it didn't overstay its welcome. That's the other thing about a faction people don't understand. A faction can overstay its fucking welcome. The NWO. Yes. Well, yeah, but. Or hindsight 2020, there were way too many versions of the Horsemen, and the Horsemen lasted too long. Let's be yeah, honest. The Horsemen overstayed its welcome. Well, because, yeah, I think Arn Anderson said it best in the promo against Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. Let it die now. 
it's done what it was supposed to. There's no room for it. Let it die. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't because, you know, the storyline was is that the younger generation of wrestlers needed the horsemen so they could get their come-ups. But here was the thing. Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and Ric Flair were not young superstars. They were already predominant superstars in the business. Yeah. You know, they just needed each other to give that rub and run together so that each of them could be as dominant as possible. I love the horsemen. They they were already champions. Right. That just found each other. Right. You know, I love the horsemen. I am a horseman fan through and through. But I can't say they're my absolute favorite because of that reason. They stay overstayed their welcome. And too many guys were named horsemen that didn't deserve it. Like Paul Roma and and uh, even Barry Windham. As much as I like Barry Windham, I don't think he should have been a horseman. I think he should have been fighting the horseman. But I have to agree with Aaron. DX is my all-time favorite. No matter what incarnation, DX still makes me laugh, still makes me think of old times. When I see Shawn Michaels and Triple H on my screen, it makes me think back to the first time they ever used the Degeneration X, X name because Bret Hart said, you're a bunch of de- degenerates. And they went, oh, you know. You know, to me, when uh, the Four Horsemen jumped the shark, when they put Sting in it. Well, that was that was Phase Four Horsemen. I understand that, but still, it's like... No, I agree with you. And there's, like, your, you there's, the there's your first problem right there. Face four horsemen. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, spent, you, you said it, right? You said it. You, 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 fa- you found the turd. <laughs> you found the turd, Archie, because... <laughs> you, 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 you spent 10 years torturing Dusty Rhodes, and all of a sudden now you're happy-go-lucky faces? Yeah. But let's not forget why. Because you couldn't beat Terry Funk. You needed good guys to help you beat Terry Funk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So that means, All Archie, right. you're next. Aaron? Your next question, sir. Oh, sorry. No. Um... It's actually my last question, and it's a what if. And this is either going to be the quickest question or possibly the longest answered question. And it's a what if. It's what if Eric Bischoff actually had gotten TV clearance that justified him purchasing the WCW and not having Vince purchase it, if that makes sense. Like, the reason Bischoff didn't buy WCW is because he didn't have TV clearance. So TNT says, okay, Bischoff, you can keep Nitro. Here you go. So Eric buys WCW with Fusient. Vince doesn't buy it. How different is the landscape now? Not different at all. Yeah, but I gotta say, not different at all. I think <clears throat> I think the problem is is that it doesn't matter how long you put WCW on the shelf before you come back with the big bang pay per view and everything else. The fact is that 
WCW was a hurt um, product. Uh, the sad part about what? it was you had all your big stars. You know, Hulk Hogan was gone. Scott Hall was out. I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go far. I'm gonna go farther back than you, Kyle. Okay. In that, there is a lot. There is. Don't get me wrong. There is a lot of blame to be thrown at Vince Russo. Okay. I'm not absconding Vince Russo from any of his criticisms. But WCW was in the fucking toilet before Vince Russo ever even came around. Eric Bischoff no. is it, Eric Bischoff was in charge of WCW when the fucking thing got flushed. So you can't tell me that the guy who tanked it originally and put it in the position it was to have Vince Rousseau take over is going to save it. So I don't think anything's any different. And, you know, when I was what I was saying earlier about like the big stars, the problem was uh, my personal opinion, what killed WCW was they never created new stars. Right. And when they started to, they left because they yeah. weren't giving them the push they needed. Benoit, Malenko, Saturn, Guerrero, Jer- Jericho. Jericho. Yep. Big Show. And Big Show loved Hogan, so it had nothing to do with Hogan that he left. He just knew they would never make him the main star. Right. And the problem is, once you're, once your big stars start leaving, you know, Kiwi or whatever the fuck his right. name is. Felix he's gonna, Skipper, you know. You know um, people ain't going to buy look, a pay-per-view because of fuck Kiwi. Look, look at the scenario from the other end. Vince McMahon was number one. And then in 93 and 94, he lost Hogan, Savage, and they all just started depleting. And he got left with Mantar, T.L. Hopper, and the Goon. And instead of him panicking and hitting that panic button and going, oh, my God, we need to close. He waited and he developed his stars properly. Now, granted, it wasn't Vince McMahon who made Austin 316 or that told us that The Rock was cooking something we needed to smell. But (laughs) he surrounded himself with guys who knew how to write those promos and get those guys over and then selected the right guy. Can you imagine if it wouldn't have been Austin and... Mantar would have said, Mantar 316 said, I just kicked your ass. You know what I mean? They got the right guys for those roles. Mantar 316 said, Right. So Vince didn't hit the panic button. WCW did. And they began trying to make young, young guys look credible. But when you put Billy Kidman as the guy, like we said, Rakishi running over Austin was the wrong move. Billy Kidman being the guy that ran over Hulk Hogan was the wrong move. And Shane Douglas fighting Ric Flair in a Viagra on a pole match. Judy Bagwell being a prominent figure in the company. You know what I mean? It's it's ridiculous. So they hit the panic button and started making stars out of people who didn't deserve to be stars. That was Bischoff's fault. And then you brought in Russo. Now, here's my problem with Russo. Yes, it was not his fault that WCW died. If I shoot a dog and you rush it to the veterinarian, and the veterinarian doesn't have that much skill, that dog's going to die. Yeah. So you can't say Vince Russo didn't try. He tried, but he didn't have a filter. That was much better than the euphemism I was going to make. I was going to say, if you shit in the diaper, and then put the the diaper on me, 
and I shit more in the diaper. It's <laughs> it's just a shittier diaper. <laughs> I mean, right, it's not gonna fix the problem. <laughs> no, yours is funnier. Mine is vicious. I'm killing a dog, but you know, yours is funnier. But my point being is, I don't think Eric. I think that WCW would have lived on, but it would have looked a lot like TNA, and that they would have had a, a a very you know. Decent wrestlers, because obviously they would have made AJ Styles a player and, and the guy like Jerry Lynn. They would have pulled in a lot of wrestlers like TNA did, but they would not have had a solid base to build on. It would have just been WCW. And that would be like if somebody bought McDonald's and said, well, we're still McDonald's, but we don't have all the favorites that you like. Yeah, well, and and yeah. to be honest with you, can we, can we say, since it still exists today, that TNA is actually more successful than WCW? Well, they lasted longer. <laughs> yeah. They just never God got damn. on top. God damn. You know? <laughs> At least it's you still know, alive. They've just never been number one. Right. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I lied. They're number one in Germany. <laughs> Well, that's that's not saying much. Bunch of fucking, <laughs> you know, of, you know what else is number one in Germany? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Nazis. Welcome to Auschwitz. I thought you were going to say David Hasselhoff, but okay, the Nazis were too. Yeah, a Nazi. <laughs> All right. Oh man. So somehow we have now compared Impact Wrestling to Hitler. So <laughs> this is great. What a great show. I love it. <laughs> Aaron, did you have but an wait, answer? wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, but wait, there's more. Aaron, did you have an answer to your own question? or? Well, I think that it would have been, like, I, don't, I, I think <coughs> if it would have been Eric Bischoff and he would have got the TV clearance, I think there'd still be a WCW right now. I really do. But honestly, I think it would be a different landscape of professional wrestling. And honestly, I don't think... I think... How do I always say this? I think WCW failing and going out of business did more good than it staying in business. Yes. I agree with that. I don't think, like... Like an AJ Styles, okay, who is fantastic, and how Nate said was in his opinion. Like I think you said he would have been on your list of like the top fifteen years. Fifteen, ah, can't talk. Where I put him, like where I talked about Edge, you said AJ Styles. I don't think like AJ Styles, like a guy like AJ Styles, wouldn't have had the career that he has now. Right, WCW would have been a thing. Because he would have been in WCW, and he would have worked there for two or three years, and then jumped to the WWF, and then when he would have wound up in OVW, and he would have washed out, and he'd just be a guy. Right. But him being able to go to, like, TNA, and being like, fuck this noise. Well, that's the whole thing. When when WCW died... AJ Styles had three years before TNA came out, so it actually allowed him to groom himself on the indies before yeah, he went. That's to what I'm TNA. saying. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that probably wouldn't be where they're at now if Definitely. a WCW would have existed. So, what I don't think you guys were expecting me to say is that I think if WCW would have continued to exist, 
it would have been more detrimental to professional wrestling now than it was if it died. Agreed. And we're forgetting one more thing, just to add real quick. If WCW would have restarted with Bischoff on a new channel and Vince Russo would have been gone, Hulk Hogan would have still been in the company. And still been using creative control. So it still would have been the Hulk Hogan show. Oh, you know that was going to happen. Oh, yeah. Well, come on now. you We've heard, all heard <clears throat> Eric Bischoff say that it didn't make any bit of difference what Hulk Hogan drew. and That's bullshit. He says that so people don't think he's Hulk Hogan's boy. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Let's face it. When Eric Bischoff got contacted to go to TNA and become their producer, Hulk Hogan then got contacted because Eric Bischoff said, I won't come there without Hulk Hogan. You know? Yep. And then, and then Hogan was yeah. right on the ski do next to him when Bischoff took the phone call. <laughs> what? <Ski-doo. laughs> you know? Stroking that Fu Manchu going. Stroking that Fu Manchu on a ski do, I like look, it. Look at the look Deep at the same ski do thing. <laughs> look at the same thing, and yeah, Bischoff, uh, Hulk Hogan gets blessed with being back into the WWE. He's no longer a racist. They give him back his Hall of Fame ring, and Bischoff is named the uh, executive uh, producer of SmackDown for all of two weeks, <laughs> and then quits because he can't handle what's going on because he didn't like he didn't like what he was seeing. Or was fired or whatever. I mean, so they're they're synonymous. Wherever Bischoff goes, Hogan's there and vice versa. So. so the last question, my last question, the last question of the show. This could or could not wind up taking up some time. It may not. Okay, so we're flashing back right now to 1983. All right. The WWF... Vince McMahon is, is Vince McMahon Jr. is uh, officially taken over from his father, and his initial vision is to use the super over over sorry Superfly Jimmy Snuka as his main draw, and then Superfly Jimmy Snuka does a bunch of fucking coke and kills a bitch um, in a hotel room. So my question is, allegedly, yeah, sure, allegedly. No, he did um, it. It, it I know. I'm, it's not like you can sue. Tamina could. Yeah. Maybe she'd get a, something done with that fucked up face of hers then. But anyway. We're, 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 hold on. God so damn. Throughout, tonight, throughout tonight, we've assumed that Carol Baskins, Tamina Snuka, and Ronda Rousey <laughs> listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they're not any they're not anybody. anymore they're not anymore folks i want you to know for the record <laughs> usually during this show aaron is the heat seeking missile tonight is apparently my night but anyway guys if snooka does we not would, we does, would just like to say nate is under the influence of cough syrup right now he's not talking under <laughs> his right mind it's not his fault it's the coronavirus um, if I didn't Snook, want to say that. If Snuka isn't a fucked up moron and does all the shit that he does, and he becomes the main face of the WWF, first of all, do they even bring Hogan in? Secondly, 
does the expansion happen with Snuka as the top guy? Or do we do we see the WWF fade into obscurity and then it's a completely different ball game? I just I don't see Snuka Mania running wild. <laughs> he, I mean, I in the really Northeast, don't. in the Northeast, he was super over. And I'm not going to go on my answer just yet, but I, I wanted to hear your answers to the question. And let's be let's be honest. Let's 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 be honest here. Jimmy Snuka is a is a ticking time bomb. It was only a matter of time before he killed somebody. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey Kyle. Allegedly. Hey Kyle. Yeah. Thanks for absorbing some of that heat for me. Bringing some yeah, over there. Yeah, you're welcome. You can't do that much fucking blow and not <laughs> the fucking kill somebody. God. I'm not saying we need to do it. Don't, don't the blame brud, the brud, the ones brother, that killed brother, Brothers. Brothers. The blood. Oh, the blood sprayed from her neck and Technicolor, brother. <laughs> Reach out and touch the screen, brother. It was like in TV Wonderland, brother. Somebody answer my fucking question, would you? <laughs> Look what I... he did the fucking Iron Sheik. He fucked clothesline a woman. I don't... Okay, the question is, would WWF have been as big as it was if it would have been Snuka? Essentially. No. No. Okay. It, it, it wouldn't have died. Okay. There'd still be a WWF. It still would have been successful. <laughs> But it wouldn't have been as successful. There would have been no crossover. And that's part of it. The reason is, is because Snuka is, and I should say was, entertaining and captivating to a wrestling audience. But if you would take a Jimmy Snuka and put him on Johnny Carson or Saturday Night Live, People are gonna look at the screen and be like, "What the fuck is going on?" It would have been right. like it would have been like all those times we've seen Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, but, Nate is hurting feelings tonight. But but it would have been Joaquin Phoenix not doing a fucking act. <laughs> right. Like Joaquin Phoenix is a sane human being who is just pretending to be fucking out there. Jimmy Snook was an out there motherfucker. <laughs> well, let's face it though. He would have walked up to Johnny Carson in a leopard suit. So people would have assumed he had animals with him and was the guy from the zoo. Okay. That's and, one. And chances <laughs> are, chances are, it's Jimmy Smith. Richard Belzer probably doesn't get up. Right. <laughs> right. Let's, let's, let's be so honest. Right. Killed, so wait a minute. He would have not was that a deep cut? WWE. Sorry. That was, was probably a deep cut. They, was that a pretty deep cut? He, he not only would have killed WWE, but he might have killed Richard Belzer, Richard Belzer killing the comedian in the comedy world. <laughs> Let's not think for a second. Snooker yeah. would have dropped him on his head and was like, fuck, gotta end it. Wake, Get wake, up, brother. wake the comedian up, brother. In <laughs> yeah. the, the minute that Arsenio Hall asked, or asked Snooker about doing steroids, he would have plopped out that fucking bag of blow and done it right, right there. Oh, God, and that would have been that would have been a terrible show, because you'd have had woo, 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 and hoo, 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 hoo. It would have been fucking repetitive. Anyway. Alright, you guys know, <laughs> you guys know, I mean, you know about it, but 
rock and wrestling. That mm-hmm. was mainly because of Hogan and the crossover appeal with Cindy Lauper, yes. and and bringing in celebrities like Ozzy Osbourne and Muhammad Ali and the first WrestleMania. I don't think they would have done all that with Jimmy Snuka. I think that it would have like like Aaron said, and I will agree with you, Aaron. He appealed to a wrestling audience, but also it was that circusy wrestling audience, the kind that went to the fair to see wrestling, not if you put mainstream if you put, fans. If you put a Hulk Hogan promo on NBC, people are gonna be like, you know what, I like that. You put right. a Jimmy Snooker promo on NBC, right? People are gonna be like, what the fuck? What is that? <laughs> uh, say it. Say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and 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 be good. Or who who who? No. What did he just say? Come out of the sky, what? brother. Come out of the sky. Yeah. And, and when he talks, <laughs> when he talks in a wrestling promo, you're like, that is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Right. But, but when he's making normal conversation, and you put it into a normal conversation, right. you're like, this guy needs help. <laughs> Well, and let's not let's not forget did the fact. He, did he everything... just did he just make a compound word out of two compound words? <laughs> but and let's not forget the fact if everything's staying the same and it's Snooky in the place of Hogan, he's gonna get fucking chewed up and spit out by Roddy Piper, right? Because all so Piper that, that is a... gonna be like, oh, you climb up and get the bananas and the coconuts. Right. Nobody's gonna buy that fucking pay per view. Nobody. They're gonna be like, by, by the way. Is that not the greatest racist promo? <laughs> it is. The greatest racist <laughs> promo ever cut in the history of wrestling. So that's the only good that comes out of it then. Roddy, Roddy <laughs> Piper becomes a bigger the Roddy, star. The Rod, Roddy Piper talking about um, fucking Mr. T and uh, the Haiti kids pretty racist. Yeah, yeah that's true. Nar- <laughs> gnarly bristles. Fucking black. He actually... He actually <laughs> He down. actually refers to he actually refers he actually yeah he actually refers he actually refers to their hair as gnarly bristles as definitely as uh, definitely up there. So is that the end of that question? Yeah, and that's the end of the show. I want to harp on this more. Oh, go ahead, no, I want to harp on this more though. Why couldn't you have said like Ricky Steamboat? See, I could have seen them putting the company on Ricky Steamboat. Well, no, right? but my hypothetical was based on what the actual plans were. Because that were but, that was the like, plan. But you could have said Special Delivery Jones, and I might have thought the WWE would have still been big. All those 80s kids would have been wearing those Hawaiian shirts. Right. And the Hawaiian shirt industry would have been flourishing. Can you imagine? And he could, and he could, and he could have a, and he could have a comeback. He could have a and comeback the, the in twenty twenty. Fans would have been right the shelf. He could have a comeback in twenty twenty. SD Jones with Uber. <laughs> can you guys imagine? Can you imagine having Snookamania running wild at the Colossal Tussle? <laughs> I'm going to read you guys. The reason I'm asking if that is the end of the questions. It is, because we need to sign off. Because some of us got to Okay, go to well, business. I'm going I'm to end with something current. Okay. Okay? It, 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 this is a real-life tweet or, or Facebook post. I think it was a Facebook post, honestly. And I want to know what you guys think of this person. 
You know, you promised me that I wouldn't be you wouldn't be reading my Facebook posts out loud anymore. But okay, it's, it's not yours. I'm joking. <laughs> this is this is a, a post from Tammy Sims, and we mentioned oh it earlier. Okay, you guys ready? You guys ready? I don't know, but no. go ahead. All right, this is what Sonny said. If I get one more email asking me to, in quotes, meet up or, in quotes, date for money, I swear I'm going to get the coronavirus in one of those T-shirt shooters and spread it all over them. Just because I'm famous doesn't mean I'm, doesn't mean I'm an escort. You must have me confused with Ashley Moresso, and she doesn't even do that anymore. Ooh. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Ooh, whoa, wait. Isn't Ashley Mazzaro dead? Yes. Oh, God. Meth is a hell of a drug, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Well, Tiger can prove that, Kyle, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't say... Uh... Wow. That, I don't think Donald Trump has ever tweeted anything that bad. And that's Donald <laughs> Trump. Wow. To talk about someone who's dead like that is horrible, but I mean, wait a minute, though. This is the woman who sold herself on Skype for $50 for 30 minutes, correct? Maybe. And Sunny, she, she was on Skype and she would go live with you, and for like 50 bucks, she got 30 minutes of her sitting there new. Since it's Sunny, I'm going to say you're right, Archie. <laughs> yeah. No, it, 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 it happened. 